0: Let me be by myself in the evening breeze Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood tree
1: Well, happy Friday, everybody. Good morning this morning, and welcome to Radio Free Almond. Live from the Discovery Design Truck Care Manufacturing Studios. Yes, it is Radio Free Almond. Good morning this morning, everybody. Happy Friday, and behold the red tint to the beautiful studio here at Gaslight. Brought to you by... Playful Matt, who has decided to honor Melania's choice for red Christmas trees by well reddening up the studios of Radio Free Album. Yeah, looks good. I like it. I almost bought a little. There was a little red tree. It would be funny if I would have actually bought the thing, but I didn't do it. We've been on the same on the same path there, Matt. It was like uh, was it Schnooks? Uh, uh, the other day, uh, well, yesterday, and went by and saw like these little four ninety nine trees, and this one was all red. I almost bought it to put on the table here. I might go back there and get it uh, today. It was just four ninety nine. Seemed to be be a bargain. It was a little red, like you know, one of those red wire trees. Little small. I could put it up here in in lieu of the light that that broke. That kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. Hey. So, uh, yeah. Kim Paris is coming in a little later later on just off a binge watch of the uh, Clinton scandal thing on uh, UVerse, I, she was telling me all about where it was, and I was like, I don't, I don't know whether I have that or not. I know the kids operate the TV from their phone, but I don't know whether I have it. I, I, I just don't, I don't watch TV. I watch baseball highlights. That's about it. And uh, I watch baseball highlights even when baseball season isn't on. I just find some from 1975 and watch those. I don't know. I uh, occasionally might watch a old movie or something like that, get caught up in murder she wrote, go to watch one murder she wrote after another, I guess. I, I, but otherwise, I really don't uh, I do a lot of TV watching, so I wouldn't even know what kind of TV I have or what kind of like TV programming I have. But if I have U-verse, I'll try to catch up on it. I hear it's really good. And she uh, said I definitely needed to see it, and, and I could I could just skip episode one, so... Uh, Jim Talis going to be on with us at seven o'clock as well, and boy, a lot of ground to cover, including really a great story. I don't know whether you guys caught this on Channel Four, but it was a really it was a really good story about these uh, nurses at Mercy who won the lottery, and then decided that they won like ten thousand dollars in the lottery, but then decided instead they were going to give the money away to uh, needy co-workers. And uh, of course, you all know I, I've always talked about nurses and. You know, you could you could you could have a room full of ten women, and I could tell you, if, and if there were if there were three nurses in the group, I could tell you who the nurses were. I'm just that's just what I, my my spidey sense, and I I think nurses are definitely a special breed out there, and so uh, I I just love them. And one time I said something about that. This was several years ago, and I wound up actually getting to be at the nurses association gala and was, and I gave away like, I interviewed them and I gave away something with the nurses. I don't know. They they just, they just appreciated the fact that I said that. And uh, it's all obviously it's all for sure. Heartfelt, but this, this story is really good. I was I watched it last night and I was like, wow, this is, this is great. And uh, so they did a good job uh, covering that story. So I'm going to give you a little warm and fuzzy just a little later on. and, And we'll be able to, uh, I'll I'll give that to you. And also, uh yeah. This thing with with Cohen is very interesting because it's funny how two different kind of entities can take a story two different kinds of ways. And for instance, I I looked at this Cohen story when I for when it came across and I I I uh told you about it yesterday late in the show. And hey, Mama Kay, what's up with you? I, I and, and I, I looked at this, and I was kind of like, okay. Um, so the guy's a liar. So what kind of credibility is he going to have with the American people? And if there's anything coming the way of Mueller's investigation and President Trump, like okay. Well, how could how could you hinge a case on a guy like Cohen, who's who's now lied at least on the record twice already? So I I, I, don't, I don't understand. It's all these people that Mueller is apparently talking to and surrounding himself with are all a bunch of liars, and 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 yet the media seemingly took this and acted as if it was a a deal where. This meant the collapse of the of the Trump administration. In fact, I, I was I was looking at the some of the news here. Let me see if I still have it. I don't know whether I I uh, yeah, Tubin, Jeffrey Tubin. I was really surprised to hear this. You know, people were going crazy on this, especially on Anderson Cooper 360. I'm looking at these people and going, boy, this is quite uh this is wishful thinking. And then I'm then I'm wondering to myself, well, maybe I am Maybe I don't get it. Maybe I'm I'm missing something here. Maybe my Trump fandom is getting in the way of of what's really happening, and I I still can't see it. I, I'm looking at it, but I but I can't see it. And all these overly dramatic putzes over there in the media, though, are going crazy. Like this this thing with with uh, with CNN. Legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin is is just like you
2: know, today's the first day. I actually thought Donald Trump might not finish his term in office. Really? I mean, I think
1: this. thing... I mean, really? I mean, even Anderson Cooper's like, you have got to be kidding me. I, and again, what this is is it's these individuals trying to push a story a certain way, and they're and they're always wrong. in In the same fashion, they thought that. Stacey Abrams had had a shot in hell of being governor of Georgia. It's 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 like they take this stuff seriously, and and it it's in hopes that they are right, in hopes that they could influence something a certain way, but they know the facts don't bear it out. And and so, if anything, I always call this uni, unicorn vision because that's what this is. It's all fantasy. And so what they're doing is they're playing a game like certain facts exist and analyzing things within that game. But really what this is is theatrics. It's there's it's nothing based in any kind of fact. It's just based in fantasy. And so what we see on TV every day with CNN and all these folks, whether it be, you know, in Mississippi calling the – Senate candidate, a racist, and talking about nooses, and I mean, these people are all living in a world that is created by them. It, it, it doesn't exist in 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 reality, and and so most Americans are looking at this guy Cohen. First of all, nobody understands the story. You understand that, right? Like none of us really understand the story. We have no idea what is. What is going on we we we're, we're looking at this thing and and we're we have no idea what this story's about i i don 't know what the the trump moscow i mean trump did did the work as a as a real estate mogul all over the world. These guys had people they were working with all over the world it It, it was not unusual for a person of trump 's Stature and, and and in Trump's world to do business with people overseas. I mean, and sometimes in countries where people aren't really good people, and 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 you know, it, it doesn't mean that he colluded in the election because they were working on some Trump Tower they didn't build. I, I mean that that much I that much I do know, but I, I just don't understand. The, the hype on this thing and and this is this is over the top overly dramatic overdone analysis on the part of Jeffrey Tubin and people are just like now just taking themselves so seriously and 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 Anderson Cooper was like what i mean because he knows that this Jeffrey Tubin guy is fantasizing I mean he he knows he knows this is the same Jeffrey Tubin and the same news media that before said that Donald Trump had no path to victory they 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 had no idea what they were talking about and it's funny because they all act like some circumstances changed to bring about the election of Donald Trump circumstances changed within like 24 hours of the polls opening or whatever or 12 hours. And, and no, it was always true that Hillary was going to lose. I mean, it wasn't maybe always true, like from the very beginning, but at least for the past three months that people were saying that Donald Trump had no path to victory, they they had no idea what path that Donald Trump had. They They had no idea. And they had polls and things like that but the polls were wrong too and the polls were fantasy as well they had no idea so what they're doing is they're just throwing it out there in hopes that they can actually push something more towards truth even when they know that it's not true they just still want to say it because they hope it is and so these guys get up there and and my goodness what a bunch of uh what a bunch of drama queens, Lord! Showing the and they're and they're showing the Air Force One and everything else like they're they're acting like you know President Trump's about to deplane Air Force One and announce his resignation.
2: It's like come on. The first day, I actually thought Donald Trump might not finish his term in office. Really? I mean, I think this thing is enormous, and what? and the, the whole week. Uh, it, 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 think about. What the position Jeffrey Tubin knows this is what
1: he's saying isn't true, and, and you and you can tell he knows what he's saying isn't true. And here's the thing: if Jeffrey Tubin is wrong, it's not going to matter. Look, look what CNN did with Avenatti. I mean, they put Avenatti up there and 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 portrayed him as the next candidate for U.S. president, and gave him copious amounts of time on the air. And, and and constantly interviewed the guy. And now that the guy basically might as well be homeless and living in a box on a street someplace, they're not they're pretending they never elevated him. They're pretending they, he never existed. I mean look look at what happened with the whole Kavanaugh hearing and all the all the, the false statements made by Ford and the rest of the gang. They're just on to something else. They don't go back and say, "Wow, yeah was was all this right? Was all this wrong?" They never go back, so if they're wrong, it's not going to matter. They're not going to cover it, and you're not going to have NBC covering the fact that Jeffrey Tubin was wrong you're not going to have you're not going to have Fox News covering the fact that Jeffrey Tubin is wrong because first of all, they're all people and 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 they all want to make sure that they can be wrong too, so they don't worry about it, and they don't criticize their own. So, really, on the uh, on the air, in this country now, you can pretty much say whatever you want to say. You can throw anything out there, and it's not going to matter what you say. In terms of relaying what you perceive to be facts or your opinion, uh, uh, there are times when people say things and they're fired for them or whatever or removed or what have you. But you know what I'm saying is you can pretty much go on the air right now in the United States of America, and say things like what Jeffrey Tubin is saying, and there's no concern about you being right or wrong. If you all went to work this morning and were as wrong at work as these people have been wrong, you wouldn't have a job. If you all are in accounting or teaching or whatever, and you were wrong, you wouldn't have a job. If Father Tom going into Mass this morning, and hey Father Tom, how you doing, buddy? Hi, Margaret. Hey Beth, hey Julie. How's everybody doing? I'm just I'm just reading the names I can see there right now. On my phone. But but if Father Tom went in this morning and read the readings from Mass from two weeks ago and then the next day he read the readings for mass 3 weeks ago and the next day he would he would be not father tom anymore or at least he'd be father tom but he wouldn't be at his parish anymore or if you're an accountant or if you're in insurance or whatever d- d- determine whatever job you have right now well uh think about every every job you have right now and imagine going into work and being as wrong as the people are in the media on a regular basis and see how long that would be tolerated. But in the news business and in the cable news business and everything else, you uh you you would be you you could say whatever you want to as an analyst or whatever else, and you never have to be right. And look look at the things. That went on on Fox News. I'm I'm picking on Fox News right now, at least, because that's the one I watched in the run up mostly to the election. And look at the people who were on there, who are on there now, who were dead wrong about the outcome of this election, And, and and they still have jobs. They're still and they're still credible. Now, I don't wish anybody to be fired. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. But 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 at the very least, be professional and credible in your line of work. I mean, it's not I mean, it's not like Chris Steierwalt at Fox News is a mechanic who just happens to be appearing on Fox News and crunching numbers. It's his job to be an analyst in crunch numbers, and he was wrong all the time. <clears throat> excuse me, and he's still on the air there he's he's still there <clears throat> he's still there <clears throat> sorry hes he's still their analyst. I mean it'd be different if Chris Iwald was. A server at a Washington, D.C. restaurant who just happens to appear on Fox and talk about numbers and how he feels about the outcome of the election. But that's not the case. That's his job. And he, and he still is doing work at, at, at Fox News doing the same thing he was doing when he was wrong for a year. That's crazy. Vicki Howard. Hi. So is Ka- Karl Rove's another example of that. Dana Perino, she has, she got her own, she wound up getting her own show, and she was wrong every time in her analysis. Every time she was wrong, and, she, and they and they promoted her. Guy Benson, I I hear this I, on on Fox News. They play uh, Benson and Harf, and and it's Marie Harf and Guy Benson, and it's like, oh my lord, they've got some. Show called Benson and Harf. It's like, oh, he's got to be friggin' kidding me. I wouldn't listen to that show in a million friggin' years. And yet they become now pundits of records and, 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 and are interviewed all. Their stature has increased at Fox News, even though they were wrong, too. Guy Benson was a never-Trumper. I, I got to do it with him on Twitter on a regular basis. He was a never trumper, Guy Benson was. And yet he uh, he's elevated onto uh, onto Fox News now too. I mean, it's pretty amazing. So what I'm saying is it's it's incredible. It's the only in the media, it's the only profession where you can still survive, even though you are horrible at what you do. I mean, yeah, there there are certain other professions. I, I understand that. Like, you know, I'm I'm sure there are educators out there. I'm sure there are people who you work with who 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 are incompetent and still have their job. So that's that's I'll give you that. But for the most part, the news media, man, you could be wrong twenty four seven and still just have your have your job there. It's amazing. And, and And these people who are wrong about the election, I mean at that point, the honorable thing for them to do is go into another line of work. I mean, Chris Steyerwald should not be in an analysis position position that he's in, as bad at what he does as he is. he shouldn't be on that on that network right now at the very least have some honor. And leave yourself instead of instead of standing up there and acting like you didn't do anything wrong. It's like it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's crazy to me, but maybe not to other people. But they're just like, oh yeah, ho hum, another day at the office. So Tubin, Tubin here on CNN, he knows that he's he knows he has no facts to back up his analysis here, and of course, he can only he can hide behind the fact that well, it's just analysis. So you know. You know, there's no wrong or right in analysis. That's what that's what they, that's what they believe. Which is why, when it comes to opinion journalism and things like that, and NBC, ABC, and all these guys, when they inject their opinion into things, they hide behind the fact that it's just opinion. So they, so really, you can't be wrong when you uh, simply have an opinion. And then, and so they, therefore, they they hide behind that because they don't have to be accurate. He knows, he knows this isn't
2: the case. You know, today's the first day I actually thought Donald Trump might not finish his term in office. Really? I mean, I think this thing is enormous. And, and the, the whole week, uh, it, it, think about what the position is of Donald Trump in the Trump camp um, about all these things. You know, it, it, his position is, for six months, Michael Cohn never discussed with him that, um, that he was negotiating for a Moscow uh, uh, Trump Tower. It's preposterous. I mean, it's just preposterous. Second, he says that Roger Stone never discussed with him that he was uh, negotiating with WikiLeaks and talking about WikiLeaks, even though both Donald Trump and Roger Stone were obsessed with WikiLeaks, but they spoke repeatedly and never discussed it. Third, Don Jr. never discussed with his father the plans for the Trump Tower uh, meeting in June of 2016. And and never discussed... The What he learned in the email, which was that Russia is supporting his father's election. Which, which all of these are complementary to each other. And all of the stories that, that Trump is telling about them are preposterous. Of course, you realize that
1: Robert Mueller is a special prosecutor. And this has been going on for two years to assess precisely what Tubin has already concluded and Tubin has no idea what the president knew and when he knew it or or what the veracity of his comments saying he didn't know about this this negotiation with the tower or anything else believe me at this point Cohen is not a credible witness and and and, and so far keep in mind That the one time Cohen did claim that he had solid evidence, he never produced it. And I'm talking about the evidence that somehow President Trump was using the N-word or doing whatever, you know, all those kinds of things. He never produced any evidence, and no one required him to, which is even more crazy. So, again, all this time. Now, uh, Mueller, believe me, Everything that's going on here is really Mueller clipping off people who basically through his investigation, they committed the crime in the course of his investigation. You realize that? There was no crime that Mueller has been able to uncover yet, or at least it has been announced. Because if he did, we'd already know about it. It's been two years. Mueller's not going to wait two years to indict the president on something he knew about a year and a half ago. So what I'm saying is that that all the people who are being caught up in Mueller's web right now are caught up because Mueller had a web. Right? I mean, because he had the web and, and, and because – the people were caught up in it. He was able to get them, but otherwise, had it not been for the investigation, no crime would have been committed. You, you do you know what I'm saying there? That 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 Manafort and, and well, there there were some things that Manafort did in his business dealings that were that were uh, nefarious, but actually had never been prosecuted before. And once they were deciding to prosecute them, they decided not to prosecute them. So. Manafort was, was strung up on charges that were, that were never really brought to, to, to anyone else in the first place. And actually, before they were brought, uh, they were dismissed You know, 10 years before. So, but, so what I'm saying is what Manafort's in trouble with now is lying. But the only reason he's in trouble now about lying is because it was in the course of this investigation. It was actually the mechanism of the investigation that created the crime. Same thing with Cohen. The, the one crime that Cohen did commit, which was related to uh, taxicab medallions in New York, had nothing to do with Donald Trump. So everything that we're seeing right now is, is based on the existence, is, is because of the existence of the Mueller investigation. It, it's not for any other reason. And, and so you know uh this has been a trap all along, and and all the idiots, the weasels are all getting caught up in it because they they lied or didn't tell something uh consistently, didn't say something the correct way that they said before. It's very easy to catch somebody up in a, in in these kinds of federal webs like this so it's so it's so it's not surprising at all, but Mueller has nothing and and if he did, we'd hear about it. And and there is a chance, of course, that he does. I get that, but but if you really look at it honestly, you really you, you really can say, well, I'm, I'm, it, this is taking this long. If he had something now, right now, he's just picking off low hanging fruit. Right now, these are all Michael Cohen. Cohen is not a major player; he's a bit player in in anything that Trump was doing. So. Again, I, I must be crazy. I'm looking at this in a situation where like wow I I uh I I it this this idea that somehow this is the end of the president's presidency is ridiculous on its face, but they're wishing that and they're willing that and, and they want to see that. But that's that's my assessment anyway of what was going on yesterday. And and most Americans I have to tell you, they have no idea what is going on here. They have no idea. And to tell you the truth, no interest either. Unless, unless, if you really love President Trump, you're paying attention. And if you and if you really hate him, you're paying attention. But most of you who are out there are just trying to make a living. And I and I know you all are plugged in. I get it, but you know, even I, I live and breathe this stuff, and I'm bored by it. I mean, I, I, I really, honestly. I'm so sick of hearing about this. I'm so sick of hearing about Stormy Daniels and Avenatti and Cohen and Manafort and Rogers. I mean, nobody gives a flying F about this stuff. I mean, I realize I just got done talking about it extensively, but I'm trying to, trying to tell you that, that whatever you're hearing from the news media, I don't care whether it's Fox or anybody else, this is all just Drama. It's all just you know, uh, you know, one of these things where you're just they're creating a a fantasy, a a a a play. We're watching theater right now. So anyway, what's going on, Mama Kay? What happened? Pretty soon, Jamie's going to have to open at the national anthem. Hope he's okay. Well, what does that mean? What did I do? What's wrong? looking back i'm uh, i'm fine what's wrong with you people what do i do about McKay? i don't uh yeah no Lee, you do you get to the point where you are so tired of this and it's like this again really am i really and it, i mean and and right now what you're also hearing are the even the analysts are boring because you're hearing one side of the other of of the crew There's always, you know, six analysts who believe this is the end of Donald Trump and six analysts who believe there's nothing to see here, and that's it. That's that's the sum total of it. No one else, no one, you know, the only person I I actually like to listen to on this thing uh, oftentimes is Dershowitz because Dershowitz seems to have – Well, first of all, he seems to be highly intelligent. He seems to really not have a direction that you think that many of these analysts are going politically. And he also seems to – he's well-known. He's a guy who has some credibility. Half the people they talk to about this stuff, I've never even heard of anyway. So, folks, relax. Everything's fine. If you actually follow the story at all, oh, I coughed, yeah. No, I'm fine. I'm good. I just have, I just, you know, I'm just getting rid of some of my, you know, uh, it just, it was kind of just a, a, a little bit of a, a cold. It's just kind of one of those things I went through this week that, uh, that popped into my system. But I'm fine. It's not like I'm coughing all the time. Why don't you guys leave me alone? I'm good. I'm fine. With the exception of a few coughs or sniffles here and there, I I would say it's a pretty damn good performance, excuse me. Anyway, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. What would you do with the money if you didn't have to pay your house payment for two months, especially
3: around the holidays?
4: That's right. No house payment for two months. This is James Hawkins at Golden Oak Lending. Don't let money problems spoil your holidays. You can use the increased
5: value of your home to pay off bills or get cash out. Put two months of house payments in your
1: pocket. Visit GoldenOakLending.com or call 314-567-GOLD. Animal List, thirty seven one eleven Westport Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call
4: 567-GOLD. It's
0: in the trees.
1: Good morning this morning, live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studio. Yes, it is. It's Radio Free Almond. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you like the beautiful red in the background of the studio here. Thanks to Matt in celebration of Melania's red Christmas trees. Oh, you're just the best, man. And Melania, you too. Coming up, we've got Jim Talon at 7 o'clock, 7.30. Kim Paris is back. Don't forget, everybody, we've got great things in store for you. If you call Michael Proctor, ProctorDrapery.com. Proctor spelled like doctor. Seven days a week, mobile design unit. Window fashion. He's your interior designer. He is your guy. He is the one. Brandy Aaron, good morning to you. Thank you for joining the show. Brandy is great. She is one of those who not only is utilizing my advertisers like Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. Brandy saved four hundred dollars on her home insurance with with Matthew Mitchell eight five five. Quote me. At four hundred dollars, Brandy also, as an aside, turned me on to a YouTube tribute group. I probably should be playing U2 right now instead, but there's apparently like some really great YouTube tribute band in town. Let me uh, let me see if I can find uh, what Brandy told me about earlier. You guys like it? This Kate Bush. I am. I love her. Yeah, so Brandy wrote me a note and uh, told me about the whole deal. See, I can never, I can never. Okay, let's see. So they, there's, a, there's a YouTube group out there, and uh, and the guy's name is Daniel Burrow. But she she uh, told me there's a band out there called Murmur. Oh no, YouTube uh, hype. And they're doing actually a, band, a concert with a tribute band called Murmur, and that's an R.E.M. tribute band. So I told him, I said, I, said, I want to get this guy on the air with me and talk to him. Maybe kind of bring them in and do that kind of stuff. And so he went ahead and did get back to me, uh, Daniel Burrow. And so uh, U2 Hype is the name of the band, in case you guys are interested. If you want to Google them or look them up and find out where they might be doing I'm going to have him on to promote the show. But uh, that's cool that they're going to do actually a show with the with an REM tribute band. They're going to be actually pretty fun. So I'm going to have him on. And, uh, yeah, and Brandy's like, well, you should always be playing U2. I guess. Yeah, you're right. I like U2. You know, it's one, it's another one of those groups, you know, who who – I don't. Yeah, uh, I think last time they were in town, they had some, you know, imagery or something, some anti-Trump imagery or whatever. And I, I don't, I don't. I've gotten to the point where actually, I, I can, I can get past a lot of this uh, stuff, and, and and get past a lot of the, uh, the problems Three that people have, and, and 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 just listen to the music. So I want to address something. Uh, Real quickly, he's also known as Bono. Yes, of course. I'm going to get Daniel on Brandy as soon as possible. You too, hype is the name of the band. And thank you. Oh, Daniel Burroughs here. Okay, Amen. Yeah, look at his picture. Look at his uh, look at his Facebook profile picture. <laughs> Looking like Bono all the way. So anyway, it'll be fun to have him in and 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 promote that show. And certainly, always a fan of promoting local. Musicians and especially people who have a ton of fun and 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 kind of like uh, you know have a little fun with music we love and so you two you two hype is the name of the band so check that out and uh, also uh, the band murmur they're going to be doing a concert with them and murmur is an R E M tribute band so again R E M is another band I love uh, you, you do do I care what Michael Stipe's political views are well I guess if I'm debating him I do but otherwise I'm I'm not I, I don't worry about that kind of stuff. And and you guys don't either. I think you guys, I think we've kind of graduated from that, that thing. Uh, Springsteen, his language was a little harsh even still the other day, but you know, if I had to, if I had to live life that way by having to, you know, d- make all kinds of rejections every day, it would be a hard life to live. It's It's much easier to love than to hate. I will tell you that just on its face. That's, that's the truth about life, really. And it's a lot more fun to love than to hate. I'll tell you that too. So, you know, that's what I'm telling you. All right. That's your thought for the day, people. So I'm I'm gonna deal with this, and and, and this is one that's gonna maybe challenge you. Okay, Daniel, absolutely, buddy, I'm gonna get you on, and will be that'll be great. Um and Daniel's like, it's not the end of the world as we know it. Yes, indeed, you're right, buddy. See, that's the kind of optimism, that's the kind of uh, verve we love people living with. We like people to have that attitude. So this is going to challenge you then. This will be interesting. Now, those of you who have followed the career of Mark Lamont Hill, I'm going to get my readers on here because I took some notes on this thing, on this deal. You guys who have followed the career of Mark Lamont Hill probably don't like him he He probably drives you crazy uh and Mark Lamont hill is a jackass he's he's a guy who I see on cNN and I can't stand the guy but do I want Mark Lamont Hill fired because of things he says? No, I don't. I, I don't want him fired because of things he says, because I've been there before, I've been in the realm of the disgusting, vile corporatist media and their cowardice and and i've I've been there before, I've been there. so when when I disagree with somebody, I don't want them fired. That's not my automatic reaction, but that's seemingly what we do a lot in this country is when somebody says something we don't like, we want their careers to end or we want them to be fired. Instead of debating them or challenging them on their point of view, we want them to be taken out. And yeah, Margaret, Mark Lamont Hill is a liberal. But I, but I don't want Mark Lamont Hill fired because he's a liberal. And, and and CNN the other day fired Mark Lamont Hill because of statements he made to this UN consortium about Israel and Palestine and blah, 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 and, and this and that, and, and these relations, and, and used language that was uh, incendiary or what have you. This is the same – this is the same – this is the same – CNN that will interview a candidate for office who has called for the end of Israel and never even bothered to ask them about it. They'll they'll promote candidates like Ocasio-Cortez who has been on the record as advocating negative things about Israel and I'm not sure quite to the end of the the end of Israel, but you know what I'm saying is is they'll they'll interview candidates who are on the record as being anti Israel but never ask them about it. so Mark Lamont Hill makes these statements on on in front of these folks, and i have i'm going to play you a little bit for him, and he even made some ridiculous comments about Ferguson and everything else, but being ridiculous and wrong and liberal, and annoying doesn't merit firing. And and, and that was the problem I had. Is that I wound up with a company that was a cowardly mishmash of a bunch of weak, entitled liberals who had no balls at all and I wound up being fired for a tweet that meant nothing but a facetious kind of joke. And I was fired, and people watched it happen. And in fact, no one in the media here in town ever came to my defense. No one. My advertisers did, but nobody else did. Nobody on my station did publicly publicly. You believe that? Nobody on one publicly came to my defense after I was fired. Because they're all cowards, too, and they're all afraid for their jobs, and I don't blame them. But, you know, but that's the world we live in where we just watch people get axed. We just watch people get their heads lopped off and then turn the other way all the time that's what we do in this country. And in, and that's what happened in St. Louis here as I got my ass lopped off. The only people that stood by me were you and my advertisers and that was it. The rest of the people in the media uh never opened their mouth in defense of me. Even though I had regularly consistently defended people when the, when they were the ones who were who were getting s- smeared so, uh, somebody has to speak up for what is right and what is wrong. Somebody has to has to speak up and and say this is wrong. I I I can't stand Mark Lamont Hill. I can't stand what he stands for. I don't agree with him on any level whatsoever. The guy turns my stomach in terms of some of the things he said. But do I do, do I want the guy fired? No. In fact, it was it was it was too bad to see for instance one of my favorite websites Newsbusters say finally Mark Lamont Hill is fired. Well, why why do you want people who disagree with you or say things you don't like fired instead of debating them? And and by the way, CNN CNN they're in the business of communication. They're in the business. I mean, so you have an incendiary figure like Mark Lamont Hill who you're actually employing as a contributor, he'll come on your air. He'll come onto your air. He's cause he's employed by you. So you could easily call him up and say, Hey, Mark Lamont Hill, come on my show, depending on what show it is, and I'm going to chew your ass. And we're going to have a debate about what you just said before this UN group. But the idea that CNN wound up firing the guy—that's unbelievable. I mean, that, that, that's that's a travesty in the realm of our discourse and and what we're doing in this country. That's a that's a that's a horrible thing to have happen. But the problem is, a lot of us, a lot of people, well, they hate Lamar, Mark Lamont Hill. So so what? So so sure. uh, Who cares? Mark Lamont Hill's fired. Good. I don't have to hear him anymore. It's like, well, what kind of attitude is that? So you so you had uh, you know, you have people who are out there who and and, and I had the same thing happen to me in terms of the uh, in terms of the ninety seven one thing, where you know not only were there people who hated me, but there were more than happy. There were also people more than happy to. Watch me even in my own company watch me fail because the, because they all had so much to gain from my failure because I had the best show on ninety seven and 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 believe me there were people on ninety seven one who didn't like that at all I brought in more revenue i had i had Fantastic ratings for, the, for a morning show in talk radio. I had competition. Here's the deal. I had competition from 26 different radio shows in the morning. And you could say all you want about the Glover or whatever these guys. They have no competition in the afternoon. But I was in talk radio, and I had competition with 26 other stations, other actual put-together morning shows. And I still wound up beating most of them, so there were a lot of people who didn't like that in my own company and beyond. So they stood by and watched me get, get uh, watch Entercom attempt to destroy my career, and and they and they and I guarantee you, they will live to regret it. I guarantee you. As you saw when I was up and running with this operation, within. Five within a, within it wasn't even a month before I was back here in front of a microphone uh, with Radio Free Allman after they fired me. So so um, you you're you you're never going to be able to crush me because and now once January comes along, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not I'm gonna make your life miserable. But that's not my goal though because I don't I don't live in a realm of bitterness. I live in a realm of excellence. And so, so I don't I don't my bitterness and everything else, all that kind of stuff, uh, that, that doesn't play into anything because all I do is fight back by being by by pursuing excellence. I don't I don't I don't fight back by being dirty. So anyway, that that's that's how that works. But again, what I'm saying is this Mark Lamont Hill story is a perfect example of how sometimes we we don't we don't like certain people and so we're we're more than happy to watch them go down. And again, Mark Lamont Hill drives me crazy. I can't stand the guy. But but to fire him over comments he makes, not even on your air, is ridiculous. And especially when you are CNN and you have a uh, and you have. A platform with which to debate the guy. You employ the guy. You can't call Mark Lamont Hill and have him on CNN and and debate him over his comments that he made at this UN thing. He's you employ the guy, but they fired him. And you know what, Daniel? You point out another one, Anthony Cumia, uh, who was with. Um, oh damn it! I can't. Uh, uh, Opie and Anthony. Uh, and and Martha, you're right. Being successful is the best revenge. I've always, I've always told my kids that whenever they've had issues at school or whatever, I said, you know, just, you know, or with other people or whatever, just, I said, just be strong, be successful, be who you are. And that's and that's actually the best way to stand up. But yeah, Opie and Anthony, and and, and uh, I don't know whether you, you guys might not pay much of attention to that, but Opie and Anthony was a uh, radio show. On the uh, on XM. It was actually a great show, mainly because of Anthony. Uh, Opie was some liberal dipshit. Uh, He he had no brain. And, And 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 yet he was the most successful of the of the guys. But but that doesn't surprise me in radio. Believe me. But Anthony was, was funny, and he was smart, and he was well-read, and he was everything else, and Opie was the dummy of the bunch. But, but Anthony said something, I don't even remember what it was, and they fired the guy because he was, they he was racist or something like that. It was ridiculous. But this thing with CNN and Mark Lamont Hill, again, take yourself out of the realm of how you feel about somebody And put yourself into the realm of how you feel about freedom and how you feel about decency and how you feel about a country that we live in run by cowardly media outlets, liberal and conservative, whatever, who will stop at nothing when it comes to easily caving into forces that will – that will push them, that that will harass them. They cave to them all the time. And do we want to live in a country where we'll stand by and watch people get fired for comments they make that, that could easily be either debated or what have you instead of firing somebody for them? And I, I, I get it. There are certain levels and certain ways, and I also get it that these companies and these people – uh, it's within their right, and it's and it's within their 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 range to to uh, to to do whatever they want to do. They're a private company. I never want to dictate uh, what a company should and shouldn't do. It's not my business. And they're a private company to do what they want to do. But but the, but the but the reality is market forces also play into it and some of us need to stand up and say you know what we're tired of people the the reaction the first reaction always is to fire somebody and sometimes you know what we fall into the same trap our first reaction when we're about, offended by something is to is to call for their firing we can't live in this world anymore we have to live in a world where uh, if we don't like what somebody has to say then refute it debate it Challenge it, do whatever, but don't erase it. It's too easy now. So Mark Lamont Hill was his usual jerky self in front of this UN meeting. And and, and he babbled on and on and on about a free Palestine and used the term uh, river to the sea, and which is what terrorists use when they want to erase, you know, that kind of thing. And I get all that. But but and again, you know, uh, believe me, when it came to even when it came to Opie and Anthony, it's too bad that that Opie didn't stand up for his partner. But he just watched him go south because what did Opie care? Opie was dumb as a stump and was regularly shown up by Anthony. And so, of course, you're going to get rid of uh, of course, you're going to get rid of you're going to love getting rid of 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 him. I love some of these people, too, but I saw them at, at, at the Celebrity Waiter thing from 97. Oh, I hope you're doing okay. I was like, yeah, I'm doing fine. Don't pat me on the head and hope I'm doing okay after you sat there and watched me unfairly and unjustly fired and did nothing about it. Anyway, uh, this is this is. – I'll just give you this. I got I to call uh, Jim Talent here for a second, but here's – Rather,
4: I would like to speak to you about the urgency of the current moment. Forgive my thirst. I I literally just got off of a flight from Palestine to come to address you this morning. uh, And I was boycotting the Israeli water, so I was unable to... uh...
1: I mean, that's a jackass statement to make. But let's say he made that statement and he's a CNN contributor, then then have him on CNN and say, "Um, why would you say that? And first of all, there's no such thing as a flight from Palestine anyway. Tell me where the Palestine airport is, anybody. So, yeah, Mark Lamont Hill's an idiot. But he shouldn't be fired for being an idiot. He should be challenged for being an idiot boycotting Israeli water and that kind of stuff. That, that's, that, that, that's ridiculous. But that's not a fireable offense on CNN. Again, the same uh, network that will interview politicians who are anti-Israel and never bother to ask them about it. Ocasio-Cortez is one example. They elevate her, but have never bothered to ask her about her statements about about the uh, ab- ab- about these things about her statements about being anti-Israel. They never bothered to ask her about it. And Julie, you're right. Uh, First Lady is the perfect example of, of rising above, for women, our First Lady is the perfect example of rising above negativity. Absolutely. For women. I, I mean, I, I hope for, for women that the act, actions of men could be influential on on, on you as well. Because I think that whether you're a woman or a man, you, your uh, uh, strength in standing up in, in the face of negativity is a good thing. It's, it's not only a gender thing. It's, it's, a, it's a good thing for everybody, regardless of what your gender is. So I'm hoping that even, even my actions would be for women a good thing. And, 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 and Melania's actions for men is a good thing. I I I see Melania as a model for me as much as any woman might because uh, she is another example of somebody rising above negativity and rising rising above criticism over Christmas trees for crying out loud, unbelievable. So yeah, Julie, you're so right about about people being examples. And you know what? You guys do it every day. I you know I Jamie Allman or she Melania Trump doesn't see what you all go through every day or all day long i imagine you all face the same kind of crap from people who want to undermine you and who and who want to uh, erase you from their uh, from their premises and you know, you guys deal with it every day i just don't see it and if i did you all would be you all would be examples to me too and I do know some of you personally so I know struggles you have had and to me your own struggles and what you've done is uh is is completely uh, admirable to me. So you, what you all do behind the scenes and 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 pretty much probably on a regular basis I just don't see. So consider yourself lauded and a model to me just because you're here. Let's put it that way and because I know what you're thinking. But again, CNN fell into the same exact trap that Entercom did. They're a bunch of liberal pansies. Uh, and, and, and believe me, conservatives do it too because, because everybody at, at 97.1 who claims to be conservative sat by and watched me burn. Like I was just a car accident along the highway after spending 17 years of my life at that station helping build the station and elevate everybody there and introduce new people to radio and do everything else. After 17 years, not one friggin' peep from anybody publicly in my defense. Not one. Including from people who I helped get into radio, who I helped support and who I helped bring in. They didn't say a word about me on, on social media or anything and beyond. That that's So, so again, that's just the way it is. But so I'm not just saying it's liberal media's fault. Conservatives can be, can be the same way. Actually, the, the corporate conservatism of one now
4: is, is where what you're left with.
1: So anyway, then, then of course, uh, Mark Lamont Hill says this. Systems
4: of power that have normalized settler colonialism. I mean, l- l- listen to this, garbage. We can still win. We can still prevail. One motivation for my hope in the liberation and ultimate self-determination of the Palestinian people comes in August of 2014. Yeah, here we go. Black Americans were in Ferguson, Missouri, in the Midwest of the United States, protesting the death of a young man named Michael Brown, an unarmed African-American male who had been killed by a law enforcement agent. And as we protested, I saw two things that provided hope for the Palestinian struggle. One was that for the first time in my entire life of activism, I saw a sea of Palestinian people. I saw a sea of Palestinian flags in the crowd saying that we must form a solidarity project. We must struggle together in order to resist because state violence in the United States and state violence in Brazil and state violence in Syria and state violence in Egypt and state violence in South Africa and state violence in Palestine are all of the same sort. And we- right.
1: And and that's the biggest crock of crap I've heard in a long time. And loved how Mark Lamont Hill decided that Ferguson was going to be the backdrop of 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 his push here at the UN to support the Palestinian freedom movement. It's like, oh gosh. I'm sure the people of Ferguson, all the all of the uh all the protesters in Ferguson must appreciate that. But but again. That's all garbage. That's all crap. And and on any given day, I would take a piece of tape like this and refute Mark Lamont Hill. But you wouldn't hear me on the air or anywhere else calling for the firing of Mark Lamont Hill. I wouldn't say, why doesn't CNN fire that guy? It wouldn't wouldn't even remotely occur to me. Because because I wouldn't want Mark Lamont, Lamont Hill fired. Now, I mean, I mean, basically, I, I would want him to be refuted. I would want him to be on CNN where somebody could say, dude, what you were saying there was so ridiculous. Can you please explain? And let the guy explain and debate him. And then let the people who are watching and the people who are paying attention, let them decide. But to go in and fire a dude like that? I'm sorry, I ha- I have a special relationship with that kind of angst unfortunately and and even if I wasn't fired from 971 if I were on 971 this morning I guarantee you I'd be saying the same thing about CNN a- 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 because I've been consistent the the whole time a- 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 and 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 least you're right I mean here's a guy and, and, and CNN is in the business of communication. I mean that—that's what they do. It'd be different if Mark Lamont Hill was uh, a salesman for Coca-Cola. That, that, that Coke would have a little bit of a problem with that, uh, with him running around doing because, and mainly because Coca-Cola wants to sell Coke in Israel, and and Mark Lamont Hill would not be a good representative of Coca-Cola in Israel. Let's put it that way. But 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 Mark Lamont Hill is a is a is is on CNN where they exchange information all the time where they have nine member panels debating stuff all the time and they come in and they, and they do their, their debates and, and that's how they do it. So the idea of just simply firing Mark Lamont Hill is ridiculous on its face, especially when you're in the business of communication, have him on the, have him on the air. He's your employee. In fact, fire him if he doesn't come on the air. Then, then he's not doing his job according to his contract. And then, of course, you can, you can uh, fire people. But I mean, obviously, they're not doing their job. But, but um, Mark Lamont Hill shouldn't be fired. Should not have been fired. It's ridiculous. And, and I guarantee you what's going to happen is uh, people are just going to uh, sit by and, and watch, and they're not going to do anything about it. Liberals are gonna sit there and watch Mark Lamont Hill burn, much the same way some conservatives who I helped their careers and I helped elevate stood and watched me burn. Because these liberals, because the anti defamation league decided to get involved. And so and so now uh, they're 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 going to uh, they're gonna they're gonna be quiet. They're they're going to be all silenced, and they'll watch. They'll watch another person victimized by the mob, and we didn't even see the mob in Mark Lamont Hill's case. They never even popped up. I don't think anybody even on Twitter went after him, with the exception of a few people here and there. But uh, but but I I guess they. It was embarrassing because it, it maybe, maybe, maybe CNN itself is anti-Israel and didn't want uh, Mark Lott hills appearance there to prove it. I don't know, but either way, you shouldn't fire a guy for, for this stuff. And this was really what, what got everybody, apparently.
4: And the tragic commemoration of the Necbeth. We have an opportunity to not just offer solidarity in words, but to commit to political action, <coughs> grassroots action, local action, and international action that will give us what justice requires. And that is a free Palestine from the river to the sea. Thank you for your time.
1: And the, and the problem they have with that part is the river to the sea, that, that kind of reference is made by people who want to wipe out Israel from the river to the sea. So it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, a buzz phrase but even still again is that a reason to fire uh is that a reason to fire Mark Lamont Hill absolutely not absolutely not and folks you're right you know the uh uh least you you do find out who your friends are and again I will tell you, and, and the reason I'm coming uh, to the defense of Mark Lamont Hill is because I've seen this before, where people are fired when actually the best remedy for whatever you disagree with somebody is is debating it and talking about it. But too easily, we fire people because we're afraid of other people. Uh, mobs, Twitter mobs, fake mobs, whatever. And, and we go ahead and do that. And, and I think it's we too often, even if we don't like Mark Lamont Hill, and I certainly don't. I don't want him fired. And, yeah, you do find out who your friends. I mean, I guarantee you, I, 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 there was not one person in, 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 in my media, I mean, I'm talking about conservative media and beyond, not one person who came to my defense after I was fired, not one, on the air or beyond. And you say, well, yeah, but they're afraid for their jobs. That's not a reason. That one person came to my defense because we are all, unfortunately, a bunch of groveling serfs sometimes to the corporatist media outlets who own us and threaten us on a regular basis. And until we stand up to them and stand up for what's right and stand up for freedom, we're gonna watch other people it, it happen to other people. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna watch it happen to other people. And and the more we sit there and stand by the sidelines, the, the more. Uh, it's going to happen. But the more we stand up for decency and freedom, even if we don't like the people who are at the center of the controversy, then, then we're all going to be ultimately failure. Because for every Mark Lamont Hill, there's going to be another conservative who's going to be fired for what they say. You know, that, that's, that's how it all, That's how it all works. And I had I had people at ninety seven who I who I I helped their careers I I did everything, uh, and and for them and they never they didn't even I got maybe like a text from a couple people. Yeah, man, really a bummer. I mean, yeah, whatever. But and that that was pretty much it for the most part. They just watched. It was it's it's kind of the way people uh, uh, drive by a, a dead raccoon on the side of the highway. Or 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 a car accident, and, and you're just like I don't I, I'm on my way to work. I don't need want to have to help you do whatever. It was just like a, it was just just a drive it by. Nothing to see here, and that's what's going on. But until we stand up for freedom and and uh, against the people who are who are because because I guarantee you I, I don't I don't remember exactly what the what the phrase was when it – i mean believe me i'm not comparing my firing or the firing of Martin on hill to the holocaust you know what i'm saying but during that period of time and it's an it's a phrase uh, that, that 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 talked about how uh, when we stand by and, and and watch if we just stand by and watch instead of uh instead of standing up for people even if we don't like them or don't agree with them the next time those people who are doing the damage are going to turn on us. If we don't defend on uh, what's right, they they if we watch them go for them, eventually they're going to come for us too. Just give it time and they will. I don't know exactly what the phrase is, but it's it's uh it's it's a good one. I can't remember what it was. But but the but the bottom line and thank you Father Miller for praying with me for me throughout this whole thing cuz with those things those absolutely worked. But until we until we you know stand up for this and 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 deal with this and 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 put our money where our mouth is for freedom, even if it's something we don't like, we have to stand up for for freedom. And 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 watching CNN fire this guy uh, for for no reason is is uh, was was sad to see. And I can't I, I I can't really I I can't I don't like Mark Lamont Hill. But that doesn't mean I want him fired. Okay, you guys got my point. I got to call Jimmy Talon here. Let me see if I can find his uh, number. I'm a little over my time, but I hope he's patient. Some people will just, just, uh, okay, let me just tell him I'm calling now uh, and uh, deal with it that way. And, again, I I appreciate all that you all did for me because I'll tell you one thing. Uh, You all stood up for me. Uh, You all definitely stood up for me. And you stood up for me by following me and c- coming with me and supporting me and you're and you're standing up for me now and and you all understand what i 'm saying about Mark Lamont hill and, and some of these other people is that um is that you know uh, sometimes i I tell the kids this and and uh and you all live by this same thing, and not all, all of us get it right all the time. But I always say that doing the right thing isn't always the easiest thing, but it's always the right thing. Hello? Jim Talent, the most patient man on earth. How are you?
3: Well, after that compliment... Jamie, how could I be other than fine? Such a great way to start the day off.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate. I, I pre, I'm, I'm, all, I'm. Well, you're another example. I, and and I was just talking about uh, this tendency in this country just to simply fire people when we don't like what they have to say, as opposed to debating what came out of their mouths. And it's a sad trend. And. Uh, this guy, I'm talking about this left wing crazy named Mark Lamont Hill, who's a CNN analyst or commentator who CNN fired for some statements he made about Israel that were really stupid and errant, and I disagree with. But, but I would never in a million years want the guy fired. I mean, you're, you're CNN. He's a, he's a contributor. All you have to do is call him on the cell phone. And he'll be on, in your studio in a second. Why fire him? You, you can you can debate him. So. I I, yeah. I I was talking about people standing up for what's right, and uh, you're a great example of that. You you were on with me. I was up and running with Radio Free Allman, uh less than a month after I was fired, and there was not one shred of hesitation on your part to come on my show and 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 talk to me. There wasn't. You, you, there wasn't. You you were like. He, 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 of course. When? When are you gonna? When are you gonna do it? I'll be. I'll be on right away. So, and, and that was unlike the behavior of a lot of people I actually did know and actually work with and those kinds of things. Uh, and and so you, I count you as one of those individuals who is a person who, through your actions, you stood up for what was right, or at least you stood by people uh, who you respected, or at least who who you stood by people in the name of freedom. And so you came on my show, and it was nothing, and we didn't we didn't miss a beat. And I'm absolutely forever grateful for that because I I do appreciate that because people without people like you uh, a, a coming on my show, I actually would have been uh, I would have had no show. So I no appreciate show. I appreciate yeah. you doing that. So that, that, <laughs> I always I never, although
3: I think you could I think you could interview yourself, and it would be fun. I mean, I was going to say I plus know. it's just fun talking to you, yeah. which I like to do. You know, Jamie, I was thinking the other day of this. I think I have ADD or something, because when I walk along the street, I think about a lot of stuff. You know, I don't know what that is. Um, I was thinking the other day that one of the important cures or ways out of where what we've worked ourselves into in the country is to give the benefit of the doubt in every possible situation to engaging with people rather than coercing or punishing them. Um, in other words, to engage with what people are saying to talk about it and to get deeper into why they were right or wrong, to expand the Overton window and I don't know if you use that term a lot, but that's a a term for what's acceptable culturally to talk about um, because I think if what I've learned over the years and this i'm taking this into a little bit different direction but i think you know i think i think it's kind of important uh, is that if you if you actually talk with somebody about what they think and you get you start getting into the reasons behind it and the logical consequences of what they're
6: <clears throat>
3: what they're advocating for you begin you, you begin throwing light rather than heat and part of this is just uh it's just normal personal relationships. You know, if you in a family, if you're raising teenagers, you learn this, that if if what you're conveying to them when they've said or done something that they really shouldn't have said or done, if what you convey to them is that you have no respect for them as a person, you, you're going to drive the wedge deeper. If you can depersonalize whatever the the, the problem is, then you can get into it And you can discuss it and you can solve it. And I think that's true on a broader level as well. Um, So, you know, what it means is that I'm not talking about you, of course, because what you said is not comparable to what Hill said. What it means is, yes, you have to you have to to tolerate and engage with some speech that's very uncomfortable and in some cases really dumb, which and I haven't studied what Hill said, but I think I, I, I saw it briefly in an article. Yeah. But that's how you, what you're saying to that person when you do that, when you engage with them is, hey, you know, you're valuable as a human being. And the fact that you believe something that I think is really wrong, or maybe even very dangerous, shows that I value you. I I care about your progress. I care about, you know, you, you learning and you improving, um, and, um. That, you know, people matter, Jamie. Yeah. We well, get to the point where people don't matter anymore. You know, it doesn't matter what the cause is. Um, so yeah. I, I'm not, you know, I, I just, it's, I'm getting older and I, uh, <laughs> the older I get, the more I think that, uh, that at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's individual relationships that matter. I hate it when I read about how people can't talk to each other because they disagree politically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we had that whole
3: getting older. I just hate that.
1: Yeah, that whole getting yeah. older thing is is funny because uh, my dad one time explained it to me, God love him, uh, and and he and I were very close, and he died way too early, too young. But but nonetheless, um, he one time told me he said, you know, the, he goes, uh, I, I'm starting to cry when I watch AT and T commercials, and and that's a sign that I'm I'm getting older. And I thought that was the funniest thing because. It's kind of true. You you know you you, you start to like uh, see things in a different light, and and it's called wisdom, I think, but it's also a level of sentimentality and that kind of stuff. But uh, but when you yeah, so I always I always use that as the as the as the bellwether for when you're really in the thick of uh, your growth is when you're crying during AT and T commercials. So uh that 's a that 's a great point you make about uh as you get older and the other thing about too uh, being uh, defending people is there really isn 't anything worse than than not assessing what people say and instead you know like like i c like i don 't agree with anything mark Lamont Hill says I never really have i think he's he 's a left wing crazy but but that 's not relevant to whether or not he should be fired or stay on the air. And so I assess it based on, on on well, c- can I debate this point or can I not debate this point? Because there's nothing worse than like having an agenda. Like when people want see somebody fired and they don't mind that person fired because they know they're going to benefit from their firing. Or seeing somebody in a certain level of strife and you don't really mind that because you really don't like them anyway. Well, those are kind of amoral reasons to not come to the defense of somebody. Uh, and, and the moral way would be to to defend what's right as opposed to assess you know how this person how you don't like this person or or what what you gain from removing that person from the realm and especially if you're CNN i mean you could you could you could have Mark Lamont Hill on within 5 minutes and debate him about it so i don't understand that Yeah
3: exactly hey Jamie you know since we are legitimately now in the Christmas season so maybe i can bring up something that Jesus this quote is saying in the, in the Bible, uh, he was summing up the way that people ought to treat people. And he said, all the laws, all the rules in the scripture come down to this, love your neighbor as yourself. And the corollary of that is, treat others as you'd like to be treated. So if we start asking the question, okay, if we tweeted something or said something that was very stupid or that most people thought was very stupid. And I think what Hill said was objectively wrong. Would we like to be fired for it? <clears throat> you know, if, uh, do, do we want, would we like to have people screaming at us and, um, and identifying us and classifying us by the color of our skin? You know, would we like people, would we like it if people came up to us in restaurants and screamed at us and said, "You can't eat here." Nobody would like being treated like that. So it's really pretty simple. Don't treat others that way. Okay, it's a very simple rule. Don't treat others the way you wouldn't want to be treated. Well, that it- doesn't mean you you don't confront somebody <clears throat> if they or engage with somebody if they have a uh, you know if they're off on some tangent. That's really wrong. I mean, you'd like to be corrected. Most people would like not to devote their lives to something that's false, but it means you treat them again with some respect, show some respect. Um, and, um, it's a pretty simple rule. What is that? What was that book when I, when I was uh, years ago, you know, everything you really need to know, you learn in kindergarten. It's what you do when you treat, when you uh, you teach your kindergartner. Okay. You don't like that person. You don't throw the toy at them. There's other ways of dealing with it. And I, um, and, I, and, and the problem today is not that, that there are people who don't want to do that. The problem is that influencers, people who are in very responsible positions, are acting in a way that is irresponsible at Yeah, And they're influencing others in the wrong direction.
1: Well, it's interesting you bring, well, now that you want to, if you want to talk religion or you want to talk faith or, and how that ties into our everyday comportment, it's interesting how many of us on a regular level Will appeal to God or say prayers that include forgiveness uh, or or include a level of humility about our situations and ask for consideration in spite of um, our sin and in spite of what we do and and we actually will ultimately ask God for forgiveness over those things and for and indeed even for help in spite of our actions uh, or, or who we are. And yet uh, these very same people who will do that and ask God uh, for for help will turn around and not offer the same to yeah. people who are right next door to them. And I, I recall uh, a, a very uh, ancient prayer, and this one is uh, for the intercession of Mary. So if, if there are some people who are not big uh, Mary people, and I get that, um, but it's called the Memoire, uh, 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 the Memoire, and, and it's and it's an old from the 12th century, and, and it is a prayer to Mary, and it reads, uh, to thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me, amen. That is a, a prayer that people say in various formulations. Uh, whether to God or for the intercession of Mary or what have you, that includes a plea for help. In spite, uh, so so the the idea of despising not my petitions is 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 something that unfortunately we ask for of God or in this case Mary's intercession on behalf of us, but we don't offer that to our neighbor, which I find mm-hmm. interesting.
3: And as we measure it to others so it will be measured to us. There you That's go. another principle from the Bible. And so, you know, we do need to keep that into account. It's just, I just think, I've, I've, I've thought sometimes of, of writing about this. I'm You know, I'm if I get to the point where I'm pretty much retired from public affairs, I may try and do this. Although the last thing in the world I ever thought of myself as is a, uh, you know, is an aging moralist, you know, like <laughs> C.S. Lewis. <Yeah. laughs> you know, because... But it's just, these, are, these are really simple things that we try and teach our kids. You know, in other words, have some respect, show some humility. You don't do everything right all the time. So err on the side of being forgiving. Now, I understand the business, you know, if you're in an enterprise and somebody has made themselves so obnoxious to the broader public that it's going to hurt I and mean, it, will, it will really be a problem. You know there are there are countervailing type things uh, that you you need to take into account in part because there are other people at stake then right the other employees and everybody yes, else so I don't want to present all this as if it's as if it's simple
6: yeah yeah
3: uh, but that's part of the problem is that is that people are acting like uh, like this is just a simple of course we have to do this sort of thing instead of trying to weigh the equities in terms of the real people involved. And that, it's a destructive thing. It, it strikes at the bonds of personal relationships and, therefore, at the bonds of of society as a whole. And, again, it comes back to valuing people inherently. This is one of the great things about America's civic religion. We'll get out of the Bible, I guess, now and get to the Declaration.
1: I will tell you, though, really you know, quickly, which, Jimmy. I will just interrupt you for a second. It was kind of fun having a little Bible off with you there.
3: Yeah. Uh, listen, I, 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 I would I'm not... a believing man, Jamie. I don't – I never – <laughs> uh, i I never brought that up because i didn't think that and i and I believe very strongly that politics and public affairs uh should you know that you, you shouldn't you shouldn't look to be bringing religious matters into it uh, and because I think the spheres are very largely separate i really do yeah and i think you you risk alienating people from the religion. If you pull it into politics, uh, you know, I never wanted somebody to say, uh, gee, I'm not going to investigate the claims of Jesus because talent believes those things. And, uh, I don't agree with him about politics. And so therefore his religion must be wrong. I never wanted to alienate people from the faith over something like that. Uh, I didn't never want to alienate people from the faith. But when people bring it up in a context where it's clear we're talking about uh, we're talking about faith here, we're not talking about politics. That's a different thing. Now you've separated it, and uh, I never, I don't mind talking about it at all.
1: Well, I never, I, I never really win a Bible off normally. If you and I had a Bible off, I guarantee you, you would be the victor. Uh, I'm just saying it was kind of fun uh, talking about those things. I, I really enjoy that kind of uh, deal. And, and just before, just to, to another point of yours. You're, you, the point you make about um, ramifications and and the situational aspect of somebody's comments or speech is, is very important because i made I made the statement earlier I said it'd be different if Mark Lamont Hill, for instance, worked for coca cola and and went before the u n and used language similar to the uh, what they what the Arabs use when they talk about erasing Israel and, and all the incendiary comments he made, it'd be different if he worked for Coca-Cola because Coca-Cola would say, "Um, buddy, first of all, you're destroying our brand and you, we sell Coca-Cola in Israel and you are not a representative, a good representative of the Coca-Cola company. And in fact, you hurting the Coca-Cola brand with those statements then hurts other people who work for Coca-Cola and, and we can't have you doing that. But but this this guy works for CNN, which is an idea place. It's it's a um, mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a reservoir for debate and ideas, and so that's why it's so weird to me that they would go ahead and and, and actually indefensible that they would fire him over that. Uh, and because I get it, there are standards and 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 they and there are certain you know if he were for instance uh, if Mark Lamont Hill worked for the white house. I mean, you know, I mean that, that would not be, uh, good. I get it, you know, so.
3: Right. Well, plus which if you're going to police, what people say, then you need to make the standards as clear as you can beforehand. So people can observe it. It's another trend or decide not to, but in any event, they know what the rules are. This is another trend I don't like, which is deciding post hoc, you know, after the fact, that that was something you can't say, right? I mean, look, if you're going to have speech rules, make it clear what it is beforehand <clears throat> so people know what they what they can and can't say. And they don't like to do that because they like the arbitrary power of being able to come back afterwards and say, no, this this wasn't good. And then people have to start self-censoring, right? They're afraid. Before they say anything, they have to think and not, sort of uh situation which is spreading throughout society but you know one of the things I, I i would love to see organizations like cnn do because you know every time you do a survey of the mainstream media you find out that like 98 percent of the people are left-wing right or something like that which i've always known i yeah. mean that anybody who i knew that as soon as i got into politics <laughs> uh it was just it was a it was a, a it was just a fact i mean you know <clears throat> Gingrich said one time that a problem you can't, and he was referring to the press. He says a problem you can't do anything about, it's just a fact, okay? There's no reason reason to get exercised about it. But I think what could help them enormously is if the senior editors or the leaders in these newsrooms would say, look, a couple times a year, we're going to go off on a retreat with our top people. And we're going to bring in like experts and scholars from across the spectrum. And we're going to have exercises where you, You have to take, you top news person, you have to take the position you don't agree with, and you have to argue it as effectively as you can, okay? Because what happens when you, again, when you engage with ideas, instead of just coercing the people who hold them, you start learning that there really are two sides to almost everything. And that would inform your reporting, and I think it would make, make them much better at their jobs without necessarily changing their point of view i think john Stuart mill said one time and i'm paraphrasing says if you don't understand your opponent's position on something you don't understand your own position either and that's really true when i was in the legislature as a guy there had been in about 25 years a wonderful man named don gann from christian county and don le- i was listening to a vigorous debate in house four one time and don leaned over my shoulder he said jim you know, there really are two sides to almost everything. And that insight, if you're in the world of ideas or public policy, I think is really important. I think basically, for example, the the left and the right in Western political democracy, I don't. Yes, they're adversarial in one sense, but in another sense, they're the yin and the yang. They need each other. And we could do an interview sometime on on, on that, but they really do. Because we on the right tend to honor tradition, value uh, social institutions, and want them to grow organically, and we believe that they're good things and they should be changed very carefully, which is an important insight. And the left is much more impatient with those things. And if it sees injustice wants to rush in and sweep the old ways out of the way and impose something new... And there are times when that impulse is really important because there are some traditions and social institutions that do need to be changed, right? And I think if, if, if people know their own views and know the other side and respect each other, you get results that are really good for the people out of that. But right now we have people, and I, you know, I do blame the left mostly for this because they control the community to the culture, right? With great power goes responsibility, as Spider-Man said. <laughs> and they, they're they're nowhere near knowledgeable enough and tolerant enough of the other point of view. We get some of that on our side, but it's harder. Let's face it if you're if you're on the right, because you have to be exposed to other points of view. You can't, you know, if you go to college almost anywhere, you're not going to escape being exposed to the left wing point of view. right?
6: <laughs>
3: so um, yeah. I just that's and it's it's largely you were kind enough to say about how I operate. It's largely a question of people beginning to say, okay, in my corner of the world, I'm going to make an honest effort to do it the right way. Right. And let's just start with that, right? I'm not going to stand up and attack some, or, or criticize somebody else, and I want to present myself as better than everybody else. But in, in my corner of the world, I'm going to try and do it that way. When I get up to give that speech, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and take into account what the other side's really saying, engage with it, and refute it.
1: That's the way to go. I mean, and, and let me tell you something. That's why we love you, man. I mean, uh, the, the, you, you don't find too many people who can quote the Bible one second and Spider-Man the next. I mean, I I just find that to be... <laughs> yeah, I'm a
3: renaissance man, <laughs> you, Jamie. Jamie. I mean, yes, I you definitely are. <laughs> I mean, that's I don't know the, anything well, but I know <laughs> I know a little about a lot. <laughs>
1: no, I mean that's 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 the beauty of uh of Jim Talent. Hey, on to one quick thing regarding the mechanisms yeah. of what's happening, for instance, at the White House. Uh, Breitbart has a story out there right now where they're talking about how President Trump needs to be very careful about some of the people who are wandering in and out of his administration, and uh, some of them might not have. His interest at heart, and it could actually negatively affect his chances going into 2020. Uh, so, and, and one example of that is when uh, Pompeo chose as his assistant a woman who is a uh, well, could be described as a never Trumper. She was uh, worked for the Wall Street Journal. And she um, was always disagreeing and didn't, didn't think Trump was even capable of being president. And now she's second in command to Mike Pompeo. Uh, how does this work? You know, how, how does this, you know, and, and clearly I, I do not believe that Pompeo would have done anything that President Trump would not have approved.
3: Correct? Oh, yes. I'm sure that was run by the White House. Well, let me answer that question on two levels. It's a really good one. Okay, so first of all, just on the uh, on the lower level of it, when you make appointments of if you're a cabinet secretary and you have these sub appointments, you know, the undersecretaries, assistant secretaries and to some extent key staff. So let's distinguish right away between people who are in formal statutorily created positions where the person who runs it, it's a subordinate official, but they're a, a president, what's call president-appointed Senate confirmed. Okay. Those are, uh, while the cabinet secretary has a lot of influence over those and is the immediate superior of those people, the secretary is the immediate superior of secretaries of state. Those appointments are made by the president. <laughs> so the way it works is, there's a dialogue between the cabinet secretary and the office of presidential personnel. And if, when it's working well, that's a cooperative dialogue. And um, if the president or or his people have somebody they really want, the secretary makes an effort to say, okay, yeah, I'll work with that person and vice versa. Okay. So um, if, if this, I think the person you're talking about here is a staff person, they don't have to be confirmed. Okay. It's not a statutory type position. But the high level staff people also are usually run by the White House. And and the secretary, if he's smart, is sensitive about <clears throat> who he or she is picking for that uh, for that job. OK, that's that's how it should work. Now, sometimes it breaks down because you get um, you get a secretary who goes in and thinks, oh, I, I, these are all my my positions and I get to pick them and they start causing a lot of grief for the White House. And that's the wrong way to approach it. And if you get somebody doing that, the president needs to step in at that point and call up the secretary and say, hey, you know, and that happens in in every administration. There's a couple of people who try and do that. Now, on the broader level, you know, Trump was very unusual in a lot of ways. And one of them is unlike almost everybody else, everybody I can think of who's become president, He didn't have a core of people who had been around him in political life for years and years. Okay. So I, you know, I was in running for office or in office for 25 years. I had a core of people that I knew extremely well, assistants of various kinds who'd been in staff positions for me in various jobs. And so when I got elected to a new job, I would, I had a core of people I could bring in uh, to staff the, the inner positions around me. And I trusted them, I knew them, and they knew me, and they knew what my preferences were. So Trump didn't have that, right? Because this was his first political job. He had his business associates, and that sort of thing. But they obviously, you know, they weren't as skilled in the the political world, or they didn't have the experience. Now, the plus side of that, the upside of that, is you're getting a lot of people with really fresh points of view around you, right? And you're not tied into, you don't feel by ties of loyalty that you have to give A, B, C, or D a job. The downside of that is particularly when you're starting off, you you're not, you can't be as certain of the people, even in your inner circle, because you've never observed them working for you in a political context. And so it it creates more uncertainty. And I think the Trump administration had that in the first year. I don't think it's anywhere near as big a problem now. I mean, presidents go on a learning curve in their first year. Right. Everyone does. I've never seen one that didn't. Okay. And part of the reason that's worse than it should be because our system does a really, really lousy job of preparing people for that job. I mean, you think because Barack Obama had been a senator, uh, he knew what the job of the presidency was? I guarantee you he didn't. And I'm not, that's not a slap at Obama. Yeah, sure. Is it because you, you don't know? Yeah, yeah. We have a separation of powers. If you're in the legislative branch, most of the people in the legislative branch have only a very vague idea how the executive branch operates unless they happen to have served there sometime in their career. I mean, I've been in this position. It took me years to come to any understanding of how the Department of Defense operates. And I was on the House and Senate Armed Services Committee. So it's the, it's the nature of our system. In a parliamentary system, If you're serving in the House of Commons, before you become Prime Minister, you have served in a number of ministerial jobs, which are the executive jobs. So there's a downside to this, and uh, it would—it's one of the areas where, if the whole system was functioning better, you'd have some real discussions about how to make that general how how to reduce that problem, that ignorance, uh, because it. You know, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, you want the person who takes over as president to have a pretty good working operation, of understanding what the job is. Now, the exception is when a vice president wins. And that, those transitions are usually much smoother.
1: Right, right. So what, what you're saying, though, like for instance, I, I was referring to Mary Kissel, who was the former Wall Street Journal editor. And she uh, she and President Trump actually got into a kind of a war of words a long time ago. Uh, you know, he he called her a loser and she called him, you know, incapable of, of being president of the United States and, and criticized him on and on and on. And now she's the senior policy advisor for Secretary of State. Yeah, so she's right. head of
3: policy and planning probably. Yeah. And, yeah and, and, that's and,
1: uh, but again, she wouldn't be if President Trump didn't allow it to be. I mean, you know, obviously yes, Pompeo, Pompeo would not make this decision. And not consult the president on it. So what you're and, oh, what, you're, yes. and what you're saying is there's a, there's a, there a, there are different levels, and and it shows you really, in my opinion, the maturity in leadership that President Trump possesses.
3: Uh, yes, I think it's very important that he be willing, because unfortunately, a substantial percentage of people in the national security world on the Republican side signed one of those letters. Okay. And it's you know the president. It it would be a mistake to cut his nose off right despite his face to say I'm never going to consider these people. Now, I am knowing Pompeo. um, I'd bet good American money that he ran this by the president. Oh sure. In fact, they they probably had a number of discussions beginning with the head of personnel in the White House saying, look. Uh, here's why I want this woman, A, B, C, and D. Here's why I don't think the natural concerns the president would have are warranted here. And he probably talked, I don't have any inside information on this. This is not a news story, but I'm, uh, and and he ran it by the president and the president said, okay, if you think so. And so I would be certain that's how it worked. And that's how it should work. If, if Pompeo thought she was really good and, And could convince the president, but certainly it would make it harder to appoint her and it ought to, right? Right. I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're, if I was in that position and somebody had said those things about me and somebody, one of my cabinet secretaries came in and said, you know, I'd like to appoint this person. My eyebrows would go up, right? Right. (laughs) Who's wouldn't? Because you, you have to have people who have confidence in you and believe in your policies, but I wouldn't say I'd be open to what they had to say. Um, yeah, and I would imagine that's how it worked here.
1: Well, and certainly, and, and, and it, it appears uh, that that uh, unlike maybe uh, Rex Tillerson or some of the other folks, uh, Pompeo seems to me to be a very valuable asset to the president. And and it seems to me that the president is obviously recognizing that uh, that that he wants to give Pompeo all of the tools he needs to be successful and beyond. And then again, that's another example of the mature uh, leadership, put America first, even leadership of President Trump, and saying, all right, I can get past my Twitter war and Mary Kissel's comments on Fox News if it means that my Secretary of State is happier and indeed even maybe even more knowledgeable because of the people he's surrounding himself with. It seems to be yeah. a, a very mature and, and decent and also um, – patriotic way of looking at things because after all it's not and president trump recognizing it's not about him it's about uh, his policy and how it's going to be able to be enacted in a smooth way
3: well you know jamie we said before that there are two sides to almost everything well another thing that's true that we know in personal life but suspend when we think about politics is people are complex right so uh, you mentioned this instance well, Trump campaigned very vigorously for Ted Cruz, didn't he? Right. Yeah. Did the two of them have great personal relationships? Right. When they were running for president? No, but they both recognized that it was in the interest of the agenda that they both wanted to advance for the people that the president campaigned for him. And so he did. And so these attempts to, to sort of make people into caricatures So Donald Trump would never do, you know, he's vindictive, he'll never. No, people are more complex than that. And uh, that's true in personal life. And it's true in political life as well. Um, So I imagine that that's what happened. I could make a a couple of calls and try and (laughs) find out. But I mean, I'm looking at it from the outside. That's what I would expect to have happened. And I think the president's appointment in the national security realm, which is what I know the most about, have been very strong. I mean, he has Dan Coats. He has Mattis, he has Pompeo, he has Bolton. He has some very good people. You also have to allow, I do anyway, for different styles of leadership. Okay. So the president has a style of leadership where he goes in on a problem and disrupts things, challenges what everybody thinks, and then watches what happens and uh, selects a decision sort of based on that yeah. and you know what i understand is i mean that he can be very like a question he often asks is well why don't we do this i think he did that with the jerusalem question the embassy in jerusalem he said look give me a reason other than the fact that we haven't done it all this time why don't we do it which is a really good question to ask make people that that's engaging See yeah, that's yeah. Saying, okay explain why you want to do that or don't want to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that's, uh,
3: really? no. yeah, go ahead.
1: No, I know. That's okay. No, I, I, you, you kind of dropped off there, but, but they, uh, they have, and, and by the way, just really quickly, Hey Matt, uh, can you check this? Somebody's saying that they we're having major issues with the stream, so well, I don't know whether that's true or whether that's, that's their phone or whatnot. But if we could just check on that for a second, and then uh, but 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 no, I, I like that. I I tend to like the gunslingy nature sometimes of President Trump. And what you just brought up is a very interesting point. And that is, uh, for instance, when when you have a um, uh, like like he'll throw out. Well, maybe we ought to just stop. Uh, funding GM. Maybe we ought to just take your bailout money back. Or remember when Boeing, when the Boeing exec said something, I can't remember what exactly it was, but then president Trump went out and said, you know what? Maybe we ought to just um, stop giving you, maybe we shouldn't give you that contract for the fighter jet. It's kind of like, you know, and you know, or, or even the, maybe, maybe I'll pardon Manafort and maybe I won't that kind of stuff. And it just gets all the, it, it's a, it's a level of trolling. I think uh, that I find interesting, but it, but it's a, but it's, it's an example of where uh, you know where where it looks like he does like to kind of throw things out there and watch the debate happen.
3: Right, and now if you if you want to judge presidents or or anybody really objectively, then one question you ask is how well does that person do with regard to a question or an issue <clears throat> or in a domain which calls for a different leadership style. So, you know, if there was some vigorous debate within the administration and the right way to resolve this was for the president to be very patient, have a lot of low key conversations with different people so that he could, so that he could come up with a solution that, um, that had the right impact upon his staff and the process and was uh, and and was positioned well uh, you know, to actually get done. So one question you would ask if you want to be objective is how well would Donald Trump do in that? Because that's not the natural style we think of with president Trump. Right. And I could ask the same kind of questions about Obama. You know, one of the interesting things is uh, is there are a lot of similarities your listeners, I hope they don't turn this off, but between Obama's and Trump's style, Obama was impatient with the experts, too. Remember how he said, you know, look, I, I know more than a lot of these people know. And I think Trump said something similar. Now, they weren't saying this is it's unfair to say to, about either one of them that that that, for example, President Obama thought he knew more about um about pharmaceutical development than the head of the FDA, right? But what they are saying is, look, I am confident enough in my own judgment that I can sort through what these people are saying and come up with a solution that, that and, and that it will be right, even if they don't agree with it. And Reagan had the same approach, and I think that's important with presidents. But at the same time, you do have to be able to recognize the situation And the issue where, look, the expertise, the knowledge on the ground, the experience with the issue for years is really important, and I need to defer to that. And those legitimate questions, you can ask about preference. Part of the problem is that you really can't answer them well until a local. Um, and, and, you know, those are the kind of questions history asks. Right. 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 And so I think the jury's out on 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 how in terms of presidential leadership, people ask me, you know, where's Trump going to be rated? And, I, you know, the jury's out. Yeah. We're not even two years into the administration. No if doubt. you judge by results so far, there's a lot to be happy about. Right.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm if, with you. All right, brother. Well, listen, man, I, I'll tell you, I, it has been uh, a joy having you on for as long as we've been able to talk and covered all the bases. And, again, um, we all so appreciate you and your expertise. And I love this format to be able to actually have conversations with you as deep as we go. And, and that's just an absolute joy. So um, I appreciate you, brother, a ton, Jimmy Talent.
3: Hey, thank you, Jamie. That's the nicest thing anybody will say about me all day. So maybe I'll call you back later and you can say something similar. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, brother. Well listen, it's, it's great okay, having man. you on and, and thanks for the Welcome illumination and friendship. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. That's okay, uh man. that's uh Jimmy Talent. That's Jimmy Talent, people. Good morning this morning, live from the Discovery Design. Truck Care and Manufacturing Studio. That's what this is all about, people. It's radio-free omen We've got uh, Tim Paris popping in.
2: In the meantime,
1: in the meantime, I want to make sure you all know that I'm going to cover that story about the the nurses at Mercy. This is a great story, and I love this channel four bit. Spent some time watching it last night. It's about the Mercy Nurses who won the lottery, $10,000 in the lottery. And it was an amazing turn of events for them because they decided that they were actually going to donate the money to some of, their, some of their coworkers instead of taking the money themselves. And it was a great bit from Channel 4, and I want to play it for you now, and then Kim and I are going to get our uh, stuff together while you're listening to the story, so you can pop our mics off there, Matt, once the story airs, and then uh, and I want you to hear it, because it's it's really a feel-good story, and you guys know how I feel about nurses anyway, I, I, a while back when I was at 97.1, you know... I, I, I was able to actually do some things with the nurses association here because I had mentioned one time on the air. I was like, you know, there's something about nurses. I, I could have a room full of ten women, and if three of them are nurses, I could tell you who the nurses are. I could I could I could actually pinpoint who the nurses are in the room. I guarantee you. It's much like I, much like I could point out. I could. I know who a Pisces is. I know what Cancer is. I know who a Taurus is. I know what a Libra looks like. And a Scorpio I could call out in one second. I'm just telling you. So this doesn't, didn't surprise me when I heard this story coming from Channel 4 that you guys have to hear. It's a really heartwarming story. And the person who covered it, Marielle Mose did a really good job of it, so I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and, and pop this off and then pop this on. It's uh, from Channel 4, everybody, the great nurses of Mercy, people. Come on now. I don't even know who these anchors are, by the way. I was, I'm trying to figure out um, who the, uh, the, the, the new people are. I never watch Channel 4. I, I just don't watch a whole lot of news in general, and so oftentimes I don't, um, I don't really know who the hell these people are half the time. But uh, you know, they're all they're all decent people, but I'll I'll uh, I'll play it for you once we get the uh hold on. Do I am I gonna have to are we having internet problems here again or okay. Um I'll just uh I'll switch to my phone again. I'll to my my hotspot, which is what I always seemingly have to do here. Let me just do this real quickly here. What,
7: what is this? Hooch?
1: Yeah, it was it was coffee. How you doing, Kimmy? I'm
7: good. How are you, Jamie? Good to see you. I'm just going to switch to my
1: thing because my, my internet's not okay, that's okay. Playing my my uh my hotspot my telephone hotspot. Um,
7: you're getting you're 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 getting really good at this. Yeah,
1: I am. I I'm uh, of of just making the making the making the uh, the switch out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's a good. It was a good. Did you see it by the way? Because you were what you were too busy watching the. Uh, the the Clinton special, mm-hmm. which by the way I need to look at real quickly. But I want to play this. I promised people I would, and so I want to make sure I play it to give the give the nurses at Mercy some some props. But I don't know whether it's actually going to uh, going to wind up playing because either it's the um, the the situation with the internet or whatever it happens to be is not is not working. So oh well, that's it's the way a it constant
7: goes. challenge for me.
1: It definitely is. So you were watching... So you had no problem with your internet yesterday because you were watching Uverse. You were binge-watching the Clinton special.
7: Well, Uverse is my cable provider. Yeah. And you're so funny. I'm texting you. I'm like, oh, shit, you got to see this, Jamie. I'm like, do you have Uverse? And you go, I think so. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you don't pay your bills. Oh, I, I your well no. pays the bills. But I, but I know... It's your cable provider.
1: I know, but I don't know who it is. I I, I told people <clears> earlier, <throat> all I do is, like, for instance, I watch, um, I watch baseball highlights, right? Yeah. And that's pretty much what I do. And, and I watch baseball highlights even when baseball season isn't going on. That's pretty much all I watch. That and maybe reruns of Murder, She Wrote, if I catch him. And then maybe, like, man, every once in a while, maybe, like, the third man will show up on No
7: running and Stimpy or...
1: No, the girl, but but I know that Natalie has... She can do whatever she's doing on her phone. She can like do. She can like do. Uh, she can she, she can switch channels from her from her uh, from her I- iPhone or whatever, or not her iPhone, but her her whatever device she has. She mm-hmm. can do that. So I guess is that UVerse?
7: UVerse would be like a AT and T cable okay. or or Comcast. It's your cable company. Yeah. So whatever, all your channels come through. That would be the provider, your monthly cable provider. So I think it was on A&E. I'm not sure. But it's uh, available now on demand. The Clinton Affair, six episodes. It was fascinating. I don't even know where to begin um, and you know what else? There's just so much. Sorry, it's you told been... me to
1: skip the first episode yeah, though. Why? I mean, it,
7: well, it's interesting because I didn't know if you were if I could get you to do it last night.
1: Oh, right. <laughs> I
7: mean, <laughs> so I was trying to give you there's... a shortcut so you get me up to and watch it. I'm like, don't worry about the first one. You can go back and get that one later. Yeah, no, I I would but... never
1: even be able to. I, I wouldn't be able to. I, I don't. I'm not able to pivot that fast.
7: There, there's so much that's gone on. Sorry, this last month. I hope I didn't leave you hanging. There's been so much going on with Apache blaze so much to catch up on i had haunted stl blaze? i had haunted stl to the office i know i heard and, and we have ghosts and we've got some great video Least so wait wait, you actually do have ghosts yes, yes, yes. oh heck yeah wow
1: heck. i i knew that they, they were out there i didn't know that they ultimately found the ghosts
7: well they're not as easily impressed as i am i guess but there's video evidence to my mind and and you know one of the things that that I really like about haunted STL is that they they're very serious about this. Okay, this isn't a shtick.
1: Oh no, I know. And,
7: yeah, and yeah. so you know they have all the cameras and and all the audio equipment that picks these things up, and and they really work when they see something. To refute it, yes. What would be an alternative? As any
1: good investigation, exactly. whether it would be a criminal investigation or investigative reports, did I when I did a Channel Four, the most successful ones that I did were ones in which I challenged all the information right. I was getting. Right. So that's good.
7: They're they're hundred percent legit, and they're just not. I guess they're just not real excitable. They've seen so many ghosts, but. I love it. So you no, know, this this last month see the problem is, Jamie, is that by the time I finish up here and then I go home and I get the dogs, I tend to make Fridays then, oh well that'd be a good day to come out and have lunch or that and then I don't get anything done. Right. I know me. If I were more disciplined and I'm going to try to be more disciplined, <laughs> it's like this is what I do. And then I go and I get the dogs and I go right to work and I don't get on Facebook when I get to the office. But we're, we're kind of in a we're, we're in a bit of a crunch time. Our our launch was very successful. We're doing well. We've achieved those those first benchmarks. And now we're going into venture capital. Uh, we're, we're looking at venture capital money, okay, so, so but, to take us to the next level, right? So but, anybody that would like to be in the cannabis business, non plant touching, I want low to risk. be.
1: I want to be, but but but
7: let me. You don't I don't have, you have need, enough money. You need to go back
1: <laughs> to that. What's that?
7: You don't have enough money. I don't. I don't know how much you have, but save it for the kids. Uh, I don't want to be in charge. I, no, I want. I, I'd love
1: to be. You just ask for investors. Yeah, what are you, doing to, you know. Uh, so no, I, I I've always wanted to try to see if I could make some money off of that thing because because uh, I think it's it's definitely a a budding uh, a budding <laughs> business. <laughs> so well, and
7: I had to, so you have to have pitch decks for investors, and I had to teach myself PowerPoint. Yeah, all these so there's a learning curve. So I'm like, you know what? I just have to focus because I know me, and Jamie's too fun, and then I I'm down to working for. Or, Six days a week instead of seven when I lose Fridays. Yeah, but so. I'm back. But so much to catch up on. Though. So
1: okay, so so go back to the uh, go back to the ghost issue because you said you found ghosts. So you, you just you can't just like slough over the fact that you found ghosts and then start talking about whatever you. I, just I'm were trying talking to be about. cool.
7: I'm trying to be cool like them. So, oh yeah, ghosts.
1: So what 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 is it? Um, what are the ghosts like? What is the situation like? Why why is your place where you are haunted? You're in St. Charles, right?
7: St. Charles on Main Street with the cobblestones far north end, formerly the White Elephant Saloon back in the mid-1800s. And in the back of the joint, where we have stairs, there are new stairs and there's there's a roof now or a ceiling. It doesn't go up to the second story, which is now an apartment, but that's where there were ladies that entertained. And... It's common knowledge that there's something there. You know, TJ with tactical shit is my landlord. His business was located there. They've been touched. They've had physical manifestations of of, of things being pushed, uh, things being scattered on the floor. Um, for me, I've had experiences. I've never been touched. Uh, I do feel that the presence there is very welcoming and likes us they like i feel that whatever is there and the girls may agree that whatever's there likes apache blaze better than technical shit but you know tj and them they make really sophomoric misogynistic videos and that go viral and where we play spa music and you know we're we're, we're just a bunch of hippies so uh are they
1: misogynistic videos
7: Oh, I think by today's standards they would be considered right. that. I mean, you know, come on. Girls so TJ sc- wouldn't
1: be able to be a Supreme Court nominee.
7: No, okay. But I love him, and I. But I, I think he's hilarious, and and you know, it's just juvenile. You didn't
1: ask them to invest in your business, did you? Because they don't have any money either. Apparently,
7: TJ's got a ton of money. Well, they they they,
1: they, they tell me they can't. They they don't have money to advertise.
7: TJ. Okay, well. TJ's building a big McMansion. He just got his second Lamborghini. He's Ooh. he's doing he's doing well. But you know, Jamie, I mean, well then maybe I'll,
1: maybe, I'll, maybe I'll talk to Southern Armory then again.
7: Let's let's be honest. I mean, he just got he they just did a profile a mini profile of him for Rolling Stone. Oh I mean, yeah, he's in the stratosphere now.
1: Oh yeah, okay. He's too big for us. Yeah, he doesn't need us. No, he need
7: doesn't us. need me either.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
7: <laughs> he gave me such a good deal on the rent. I'm glad <laughs> that he can afford that. Right. Uh, but so, uh, ours is video proof where the, oh, and using the pendulum. I held the pendulum and it worked for me because I was watching like her hand must be doing something. And then they gave it to me. Yes, no answers. Make it stop. It happened. But we had a situation where where they were in the back, where I've always felt most of the activity is. And it's similar to what Matt said you all experienced at the Lump Mansion. We had one of the cameras on a table. It was stationary, not being touched. The proof that it wasn't being touched is Lisa's camera being run simultaneously uh, in that direction. So we can see that camera sitting there. As questions are being asked... The video, it's as if the video responds and there is a slow up and down, like a yes, and then it stops. Wow. And then another question is asked and and the camera is stationary. And then there are some other things, uh, heavy sighing that is not, it, it is so audible. It, it's not something you go, oh, okay, there it is. We had some orbs. but the, But the most compelling thing, because everything else you kind of have to, Take a person's word for it that was there. No, Nobody was sighing like that. That's really on the tape. But when you see this video and the proof is the cross shot,
1: I was like, oh. Yeah, wow. That's mm-hmm. crazy. It's awesome. Well, good for them. And, 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 and they hauntedstltours.com uh, is a Do great it. place. And, and Lacey and I are actually working on something that actually came uh, to a head yesterday so, keep this is more like, than just a show on on Radio Free Alman. This is going to be like a bigger deal. I guarantee you down the line. And so uh it was great. Our, our it's it's something we're working on with some uh, p- local production company in town here, and you guys are going to love it. If you love Lacey, you're going to love this because it's going to be. Pretty amazing. So, just stay tuned for that. That's I'm just, uh, that's all I'm Give saying. Give me a hint. And and, and, and and we're not asking for investors because we already have <laughs> our shit together. So we we, we don't, we've got we've got it already going on. So I'm just, <laughs> just letting you know how that that whole thing is rolling. Uh, but but so tell me about though the uh, the the Clinton thing because I'm I'm what ultimately first of all why did they do this series and and, and secondly how is it possible that a series like this can go on and it doesn't really get a whole lot of national attention i mean there there's there's obviously some revelations in there right that that already that should be like what what was the
7: what was the takeaway from this
1: whole series of the clintons
7: well what's fascinating is it really it it picks up with the uh, uh, clintons uh uh election and the very beginning of these allegations. It's really about uh, the former president and those issues surrounding him. I wasn't a child during that time, but I didn't get it in the news or I wasn't following it in the news. I really never knew how it all unfolded. Right. There is there is great pain there. There is there's tragedy. There's there's drama. And this is from the mouths of the people that were involved. There are people that show up that uh Justice Kavanaugh. I didn't realize that he was part of this story. Yeah, because he was he was actually a Kenneth Star assistant. Yeah. Yeah, well, and 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 worse than that, like what they called the elves that that were when she talked about the vast right wing conspiracy, right? Yeah, that you know that was no joke. There was, but but that's politics, right? It's there's a vast left wing conspiracy right. now, except they go much much further. But but a couple of of uh, top takeaways, I think, is I was struck by the similarity between our president and Clinton in terms of. Never give up. I mean, that's a guy that just plowed ahead. He did not care what people said. Right, exactly. Um, the, then with that is the um, hypocrisy of of how these things are viewed With with obviously this president and that president. I was really moved. I was glued to the TV. In fact, I had to rewind it. They have the video of the deposition – during the Paula Jones uh, deposition, now, the her attorneys already had information. They had finally gotten uh, 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 Monica Lewinsky to talk to them, and they had spent most of the night before with her, her attorneys. They were listening to the tapes between her and Linda Tripp. Yeah. Now, Monica had already signed an affidavit denying this. She she swore that none of this happened, so now she's in a perjury problem, but they listened to the tapes. The president, President Clinton, did not know that they had done that, so they show this video when her attorney goes right into it before he even gets into Paula Jones and and you watch in the beginning you know cuz Clinton's so cool and and he's so likable and 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 smiling and comfortable because he knew that he had Monica's affidavit that it didn't happen and you watch his face when this attorney even says Monica Lewinsky and he's like uh it's oh my god and is then it he true starts that she did, red. Is, is
1: is it true that she didn't know uh, that, that she, that, that the stain on her dress was actually, it's like, she like went out and everything with the, with the dress as it was and had no idea that the stain. That's
7: how it's told. So the other thing that really stuck with me is Monica. She is so pretty, she is so intelligent. She's so smart. There's nothing victim about her. She doesn't present herself that way. She's articulate. She's poised. And and you just really are drawn into her story. Right. She was in love with the president, and this was no Like really in love with him? Oh, and this was no little, you know, funny business. It was much more than that. And it lasted longer than we were led to believe, the gifts that he gave her, how she was on a on a string, how they actually had to conduct this through her words. Um, she said that nothing ever happened in the Oval Office, which is not what we picture, right? We picture the desk, under the desk with a cigar. That's what I picture. Uh, but nothing ever there.
1: I always thought it was a bathroom.
7: Yeah. Well, see, you know more than I do. But- okay.
1: Well, and and his secretary, like,
7: it got to stood that point. That she started, right? Wow, she got she got involved. But then, you, and then you you put yourself in her shoes when the media, right away, right, to protect the president, start attacking her. Right, and I've always been very sensitive about that. I don't. I it, I will. I try not to engage too much um, on Facebook. Otherwise, I get sucked into the vortex. And start something that just will never be finished, so right, it doesn't right. matter. But I, I do not like it when I see a meme. Um, oh, look, it's Monica's birthday. It seems like just yesterday <laughs> she was on her knees in the Oval Office. Right. That really, that really makes me angry. She's a victim, and although she doesn't see herself that way, she no, was. No, I, I,
1: I think it's clear. You know, I used to say that 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 you know when I used to use the terminology that 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 uh, that president clinton molested her i I actually think that it was a case there's no there's no way that this was not a case of where you had a power a power position and a not power position i mean it was it was clear what was going on there and and i do believe that monica Lewinsky was was a was a victim i do believe that that can be actually accurately stated that she was definitely a victim
7: once it was discovered, right? I mean, she's twenty-two, right? Yeah. So she's not she's not like your babysitter. But she's twenty-two. That I mean, you put your move, right that you put the moves on. So she's not a child. I think this was an adult relationship, and I think that he he was a very charismatic, attractive, powerful man. And I definitely would have done it when I was twenty-two with him. I mean, I, I, I definitely. I think I think a lot of women would if they're honest with themselves, right? Because at twenty-two, you're not getting caught up in oh, he's a married man. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm uh putting too much of a shine on it. But but I get the attraction. I understand why it happened. She was not victimized necessarily in my opinion by the relationship, although he obviously parlayed that and we know other stories about him that he is a rapist allegedly. But but I don't feel that victimized her as much as what they did to her afterward. Yeah, at some point yeah, and that I think she's a slut that she's Oh,
1: no. Yeah, I I don't I actually I don't believe that about her. No. When you uh, watch that she won't. No. I, and I I just don't I don't see that. It's not because Bill Clinton's a democrat or a liberal, but you know what's amazing to me though? And and uh, if you if you go all the way back to the Clinton thing, what's amazing to me is that we have we have groups of individuals whether it be um, Weinstein, or whether it be these directors out there now that we're 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 seeing, uh, we recently had this NPR, this this New York Magazine film critic, who uh, who celebrated the anniversary of The Last Tango in Paris by uh, by by uh, by mocking this woman in Last Tango in Paris who was clearly abused by Marlon Brando. In the in the so called butter scene, mocking her, and, and and we have Les Moonves with CBS, we have uh, Charlie Rose, we have Matt Lauer, we have all these individuals, and and not one conservative in the bunch. It's so interesting how how when Kavanaugh came around, they had to make stuff up about him to to rip him when when and, and it all wound up being untrue as far as I'm concerned, and completely false, when right in front of their eyes they have a bunch of these left-wing liberal guys who are all out there raping, molesting, trapping, groping, everything else. And not one mention is made of what all these guys have in common, aside from being lecherous and disgusting and vile, but they all happen to also be part of the liberal establishment, and yet, nobody even talks about this stuff. They, and, and when it comes to a conservative, they actually have to make it up to, for it to, 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 to for them to live their fantasy. But right in front of us, we have all these these liberal men. The first they'd be the first to tell you how open minded and how uh, woke they are when it comes to women's issues and stuff. And it's like, how more disgusting can you get? And why
7: isn't anybody even talking about this? Well, because they they have the cover of the media, but that's one of the things that when you watch this series that it makes you cringe they start going through the mockery of her and it's it's not even it's worse than mockery it's character assassination and here she is this young woman she had to hide out couldn't leave because of all the, the reporters out there couldn't talk on the phone to anybody because they were advised, assume that your lines are bugged. The media was on the hunt for her. And then people that, uh, that, that, that Bill Maher, I mean all these people that they look so much younger than, but the things that they said about her and the, and the jokes they made were so vile and, and it's really interesting to see and, and, really puts a, a a fine point on that hypocrisy i I think it's well timed. I don't know if the people that should watch it will, but I loved it.
1: I would also like to see not only I, when we know what the guys have in common, I'd be curious to find out what the women have in common because I still don't understand and and and, and maybe I'll get it at some point. And Doug Giles and I talked about this when he was on the air with me last time but I still don't understand he's
7: so good he knows what it every time. a person
1: would what what, what uh, a person would think when it comes to some guy wanting them to meet in a hotel room to go over a script or whatever the hell it is it's like what what Where is it in that person's brain where they think that's a good idea?
7: They think that they, I mean, come on. We all know why they are. They know too. They're not dumb. Well, tell us why. Well, if if you're being asked up to the hotel room to, to read a script, to have an audition, you know what you're going up there for. I guess. I mean, I can't imagine maybe some of them object they weren't courted like they would have hoped to have been or maybe they foolishly thought, naively thought that he's somehow actually attracted to me, but they know what's up. Well, because
1: because you always run the risk of being in a position where you're blaming the victim, so to speak, and, and so I would never want to insinuate that, but I still want to know, though, what is it, and I guess I can't be sure of this, but, and I'm sure the dads of these people couldn't be sure of it either. But I will tell you that, for instance, my oldest daughter, Katie, she would never go to somebody's hotel room, right? Uh, with you know, to to meet and go over papers or do whatever. It would be it would be an absolute automatic BS detector to to. Right. to To not do that. Right. I mean, it would, it would, so, and and I'm not saying that's all me. I'm just saying that, that, that. It's
7: common sense. She wouldn't do that. It's living, it's, it's a jungle out there. Our number one job is to teach our children how to survive in the jungle, how to, how to make them street smart. And, and that's part of it. I used to tell my daughter, uh, victim shaming, whatever. I used to have code for my teenage daughter when she would come down the stairs to go out, too much sugar in your coffee. That meant too much makeup. Oh, really? Yes. You're showing too much skin. Uh Uh-huh. And so it would be too much sugar in your coffee, and she would know what that meant, and she would go upstairs and make modifications. Sometimes it would be a debate. Sometimes the modifications weren't sufficient. But you know what? If my daughter was walking around like a a hooker, dressed like that, that is sending a signal to the... You know... So, so would I mean, to she, me, that's just plain talk.
1: Just so, would she? Would she? Um, w- would she actually have a cup of coffee in her hand, or? or did you, no, no,
7: because <laughs> she would have spilled it, stomping back up the stairs. <laughs> she, so, but but you
1: need but you needed the code word because she was with somebody.
7: No, because I didn't want to be. It was just a cute, sounded kind of oh, like I a see. southern okay. thing.
1: Gotcha, yeah, and yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. a
7: polite way of saying, yeah. Too much makeup, showing too much skin, right. a little bit too much sugar in your coffee.
1: Gotcha. Okay, that sounds that sounds reasonable. That sounds good. Yeah. I, 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 now, now I get it. Well, that's interesting because I I really find it fascinating the the how because believe me, if there were a trend among conservatives of this kind of abuse of women and beyond, if there were a trend like this, it would be. You'd have nine-member panels talking about this stuff on every single news network. You'd have books written about this stuff. But but you, you could come up with a list of, of 25 well-known liberals who are on record as being molesters and abusers, and yet there's not one peep from anybody in terms of studying this or attempting to intellectualize it or putting it on paper. It's crazy.
7: Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And when you know that you won't be called out on it, that's absolute corruption. Yeah. When you know that you have a free pass and people do things that I don't know.
1: Well, and and the other thing is from that standpoint too, the more you hear these stories, it's like I mean, I guess I guess women knew this all along. Because they, they deal with it on a regular basis. But the behavior of men is like, what in the hell? When you hear about these stories like Les Moonvez with some woman in his office and she turns around and his he's his thing is out and he's like, Look how hard you make me. It's like, oh my God. How could you how what kind of man exists like that? I mean, it's it's un believable. I mean, and you have this fat slob Weinstein uh you know and it's like, you know, it's in and, and 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 rubbing up on people and it's like, what the hell? I mean, absolute
7: power corrupts absolutely.
1: I guess, yeah. That's, I
7: mean You know, if Donald Trump had done anything that bad, we would surely know about it and it's actually Quite something to be as rich and not a troll. He's got his hair's a mess, but but he's not a troll. That you don't hear stories like that. I guess it would be. Out, I just. I mean, we're not saying that he's a hundred percent faithful, but you never hear about gross stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, but believe me though, uh, is is when when you hear stories like that though, as a woman. Am I accurate to say that probably that doesn't surprise you because you know about it? But as a man, when I read stories about these guys, I'm thinking, uh, I, I, I would, you need to have your ass kicked. I mean, I, I can't believe guys operate like that. Well, or some guys.
7: They're, they're, I, I mean, I told you here before once. You know, the babysitting dad that walked me home and tried to kiss me. I've had things. I think most of us, most of us have had at least. One thing like that.
4: That's and, and,
7: and But here, look at it this way, Jamie. I think that we are weakening our women. I have a friend, and she got so mad at me. This was years ago. She got so, so mad at me. She didn't talk to me for a while. Like, I should keep my opinion to myself most of the time, I'm sure. But she was dating a guy who had exposed himself to her daughter. And she flipped And she had her daughter in all kinds of therapy and like, oh, my God, are you going to be okay? Oh, my God, this is so terrible. (laughs) I felt that she was making too much of it that you just move on. And you know what? That's how some people are. This is how you avoid situations. Her daughter was, I don't know, 12, I guess. Because to me, like when your children were learning to walk and they trip and fall they look at you for your reaction. Absolutely. and, And if you flip out, they start screaming. Right. If you say, oh, baby, go boom, they get up and try it again. Right. And I felt she was really handicapping her daughter potentially and putting something in her head, is it good? No. Is it pretty awful? Yeah, I guess depending on how easily freaked out you are, it's really, really awful. But it is what it is, and you're just like, what did the guy do? Some men. It exposed do you know what himself, the guy did? Exposed himself.
1: Oh. Well, I don't. I don't know whether. I, well, okay. I, I mean, I'm not quite sure whether. I would. Yeah. I don't know whether whether her getting angry about that was an overreaction. She no, should but have. It
7: went on and on. She stabbed, stabbed her him to death. She had her daughter in therapy. She had already oh. projected onto her daughter. That this is an event to the extent that you are debilitated. If we don't, oh right, put you in therapy and and, and she just made more of it. Oh right, then you know what I mean. Be,
1: yeah, I don't know. I, I, I so guessed. this
7: whole me too. I, I, I don't know. I just like fight your own battles and stay away from creepy people. And yank yank yank. I, maybe I'm.
1: Yeah, I don't know. In the
7: minority, but. Yeah. But I also spent time in the military in a different day and time. Right. And they were wonderful guys. I'm not saying that, but there was only two things you really had to do to get along well. Don't shirk your workload and don't be thin skinned.
1: Right. Now let me ask you this though, and, and then I'll move on to another topic here. But so she you said you said something when she didn't and she didn't uh and she didn't um speak to you for a while. Did she did she ask you for your opinion about it or did you just say something to her?
7: No, I said something okay. to her.
1: <laughs> I got you.
7: Okay. <laughs> right. No, I mean, I really would have been. But you know what? When you care about people. Right. Right. And and I didn't. I didn't attack her and say, "Man, you are cuckoo." I said, "You know, Barbara, maybe you should." She doesn't live here. She lives in Houston. So, and and it's all fine since then. But it's like, Barbara, maybe you need to calm down. And if you would calm down, Genevieve will be better off.
1: Yeah, right.
7: You're not you're not feeling me on this, are you?
1: No, I, I no, I, I'm 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 with you. I just was I was just wondering the circumstances surrounding, you know, what was going on. Should
7: there. I should I have not said anything?
1: <laughs> um no. I mean, I you know, I sometimes, you know, under the guise of caring for people, you tend to maybe say things you don't need to say, but you're a friend. You were friends with her, right? Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, I do- totally understand. I mean, you, you, you get, you, you get, if you're, if, it, it depends on re- your relationship with somebody, I guess, right?
7: Hey, man, there's a lot worse advice being given out on Facebook every day. Oh, I
1: know, I know. <laughs> And, and that's the thing, Pe- people don't, people don't, yeah. I mean, people are, people but
7: are... But to God, when you're sitting there over coffee, because see, we lived in it, we shared a duplex. I lived upstairs, she lived downstairs. Yeah. So we tended to sit out on the veranda and have coffee. Yeah. And it's like, how many days <laughs> over coffee do I have to hear about this? Well, yeah. And, and what just, it was is she honestly, was personally it, so freaked out. Yeah,
1: I mean, if, if it keeps going on and on and on, I could see how you could step in and say, okay, you know, yeah. At some point, you're gonna all you're gonna do. You have a 12 year old, and and now suddenly you have this person who is going to be for the next for the rest of her life obsessed with
6: what was somebody
1: doing this. And and I I get it. I, I um. What did she do to the guy?
7: Uh, she she broke up with him. And but I will say, back then too, there wasn't as much sensitivity to it legally, right? Right. So she. Ran from him, broke up with him. You know, nothing ever happened legally. It's, uh, hey, but girls throughout history. And so you have one of two choices. You're not going to change the world. You're not going to rid it of creepy men. And so you have to live within that world. And that means be tougher about it. Don't put yourself in bad situations. Yeah. Don't. Don't. It, it's, it seems to be that feel like, like a victim. It, it's
1: funny how it seems to me like people like Madonna and Meryl Streep and all these other people are more pissed about Donald Trump than they are about what's happening in their own industry. Uh, For sure. You know, I, although I do find it interesting that there's not a lot of this happening in the music industry as much as there would be, like in the film and TV industry, which I find interesting.
7: Because that's clearly defined. You have band members and groupies.
1: Yeah, right.
7: Everybody knows their role. Nobody's bitching.
1: Right. Girls right. want
7: backstage. It's fun. Yeah. They're living. They're living the life. But you know what's interesting? Speaking of though, when when the president is vilified for grabbing and if you listen to what he said you when you're when you're famous you are surrounded by women that will let you do anything i can and so on one hand people are horrified he said that at the same time we have a stripper who's saying i let him i you know of course right th- she is the personification of exactly what he was joking about. Yeah. And, and and of course, we all know common sense. Rich guys, famous guys, they're surrounded by women that will let them do anything. That is yeah. why guys want to be in bands.
1: Well, uh, uh, but Madonna, it's funny, because when she did her thing where she was wanted to burn the White House down, it wasn't about Donald Trump groping anybody. It was actually just about Donald Trump, period, being in office. I mean, Madonna didn't seemingly she wanted to burn the white house over his whatever policies he had she didn't even seemingly care about any groping part of it so i'm just interesting how people in the industry you know can't stand him uh, but but in their own industry they have real life people who are the abusers and the and the and the crazies and 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 anti women president trump i mean the vagina hats have they have have they one time marched against hollywood that's or or, a, 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 or against Harvey Weinstein or whatever. Where are all that? Where are all the vagina hats when you need them?
7: Well, and protesting is really it is such a waste of time, and it's and and it makes people feel like they're doing something that they've righted some wrong, and that's virtue signaling, but it accomplishes nothing, right? All of these things that we're dealing with now, underneath. Whether we like the way they're being addressed by the other side or not, there are fundamental truths throughout here that should be addressed. Um, but they're complex problems, and 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 marching does nothing. And yet here we are. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, very interesting. Did you see this? We were talking about uh, tactical uh, s the uh, earlier, and uh, did you see the story where? Uh, Dick's Sporting Goods now suddenly is like paying the price for the fact that it was attempting to curb gun sales uh, and, and did indeed curb dun- gun sales. And so Dick's Sporting Goods uh, is now saying that it's, um, its sales are way down. Nine months after it rolled out tougher restrictions on firearm purchases, uh, the earnings from the company basically fell almost 4% in the recent quarter. And so, while the news media celebrated Dick's Sporting Goods and how they decided they weren't going to be doing any of this stuff, uh, selling these guns anymore, they're barely they're barely reporting on the on the sales slumps that that resulted from it. Like, they hey, good job, Dick Sporting Goods. Yeah, we're losing money. Nothing to see here.
7: Murphy Brown lasted what three I episodes?
1: Know. <laughs> I know. I was about to say when we were talking about TV earlier. It was so great to see Murphy Brown, like. <laughs>
7: Tank, especially since Hillary made a personal appearance. Yeah,
1: because it was because it, it, it was it was so. I, I think people have and in and, and here's what here's what I really actually think it is. It might not be as much a rejection of the left wing as much as it is just kind of oversaturation. Yeah. You yeah. know, because remember when on on the uh, on the um, the what was it? What what, what was the left wing media? The left wing. Cable channel on Sirius XM. It was it was when it went down the tubes. It was like some kind of but it was it was uh, left wing radio. And once his face was on there as a host, and, uh, and 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 it went by the wayside. And people were wondering, well, why did it? Oh, Air America. Oh, okay. Remember Air America?
7: Wait, no, here and gone before I knew.
1: Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well So Air America was a a, a an outlet for all the left wingers to get you know, ladder up and, and they'd go on there and you had the young Turks were on there oh, yes, yes. and all that kind of stuff. And then and they're so, the
7: best part of that compilation video of Trump winning. Yeah. Who is the big kind of fat guy with the dark hair? Yeah. Oh.
1: Chink Chink Uger or <laughs> oh whatever his name is. God.
7: Yeah. And, and so and so they they
1: uh totally went by the wayside. And and the reason, and I tried to explain at the time, the reason for that is that it was really just a matter of a duplication of services. I mean, what you, because ultimately what you heard on Air America was no different than what you heard on KMOX, was no different than what you heard on Channel 2, was no different than what you heard on NPR, or, and so. There was just too much of it. it, yeah. it, it and, and people just, the, the yeah. oversaturation was, yeah. w- was finally too much for people to take, which is why uh, some of the more unique uh, programs that, that, like, for instance, with w- even though ABC canceled it, Fox picked it up, which was the um, the show, I, for- I forgot, with Tim Allen on it, mm-hmm. that pe- that people have grown to love. And, in fact, Tim Allen, the, the la- one of the episodes they had was, was mocking uh, ABC for taking him off the air. It was, it was really great. It was a good good showing there.
7: And the volume. I'm having to turn down the volume. Um, so not only have I quit watching most, I have a few places I go. Um, I I catch you on replay, not usually live, because otherwise I'd be doing the very thing I'm, I'm supposed to be working. I might as well be here if I'm going to watch you live, right? right, and participate. You, there's a couple of other places but someone, for instance, like Dan Bongino, good information. He puts it all together very well. But the volume—he's shouting. He's so animated. I can't listen to his podcasts. Yeah, I and and I love the guy, and and I will go seek out you know a, a synopsis of what his last podcast is about. But literally, the volume—people shouting, people. That delivery style, I think everybody's kind of burnt out.
1: I I guess. I, I you
7: know, um I, I Or you don't shout. You're very good and you keep it you make me think.
1: Yeah, well and and, and, and that's why you need to listen when I'm on. That helps me. You it, know that more than
6: the
7: replay?
1: Yeah. Okay. Come on here and tell me you don't listen to me. Here, hold on I a did.
7: I said I do.
1: Let me see. Let me see here. I didn't know that if I listened to it. <laughs> I'm trying to find because you, sp- you talked about volume because this is really. Uh, I'm trying to find the damn thing. This is really great. Um, the the uh, oh here. Speaking of volume, okay, you're gonna love this. I don't know whether it's gonna play or not because Newsbusters is having some issues, but uh, they um, it's the it's
0: the. Um... Paola en vivo. Los Estados Drive them out of this earth. Donald Trump sigue demostrando ser un presidente racista. Odio hacia los musulmanes. It's an Tiene
1: outlet called Estrella
0: TV.
5: TV. A- a- a-
1: Australia TV. And, it's, and it's not Telemundo. It's not Univision. It's a, it was, a an totally anti-Trump, hispanic television network okay and and all they did was talk about how donald trump is a nut crazy racist and and i'm telling you and plus i was very impressed though with the people the anchors who were who were i've never heard our rolling to this degree
5: that's
1: enough put down the mic
5: Y Donald Trump no deja de sorprender a los estadounidenses con sus locuras. Ahora pidió un desfile militar para intimidar a sus enemigos. Oscar Sosa nos amplía.
0: Al puro de and they, and, they, ha- and
5: Black- they
1: have Donald Trump with his hand up like he looks like he's cooking. Adolf off. Donald the- Trump or-
5: pidió
0: realizar un desfile militar para mostrar el poderío estadounidense y uh, but, su- but I was
1: very impressed with how, you know, like the, that news anchor, she'd roll her R's and, and it was like... Brruh, brruh. I can't really do that. But, but it, it was very impressive. But unfortunately, they just filed for bankruptcy. Because it was too much and and maybe to your much. and to your point all they 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 definitely are breathless and they yell es yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean,
5: and, and, and the como el día y el presidente estadounidense
1: can you
5: actually imagine
1: <laughs> having like a show where you have <laughs> do, 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 while you're talking the whole time
7: can you imagine if that was Dido about you in the out mandatario de la historia i like oh my god i like to come Any on publicity here and, is good publicity but
1: come on here and roll my.
5: We'll pues yeah, oh so
1: I, I would definitely go. Uh, that off so to your point about people being too would that's a story I'd be turning off big time. And, and that's a network that people did turn off big time. It's called – it's Los An- It's it's based in Los Angeles. But it turns out that one never Trump or media – maybe they were just too obvious about it. They should take like a note from CNN or somebody like that. Um,
7: or even uh, Fox now more and more.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, one thing I talked about earlier, and you might have heard it because you were on your way in here, was the uh, CNN firing of Mark Lamont Hill.
7: I was which, thinking of Kevin Jackson.
1: Yeah um and 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 it was uh, so wrong and 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 I tried to get people to understand and, and I, most of our people do why it, even if you like I disagree with Mark Lamont Hill on pretty much everything and I disagree with him on what he said about Israel and he was supporting Palestine at one point Mark Lamont Hill uh was talking about how he uh was uh, was on his way to this UN conference of sorts, and he was talking about how he uh, well, it was very funny because he, he Normally, you don't really have a. There's no such thing as a as a. He, um, here, let me watch this. He's gonna grab some water here, and he went. He was on before this UN consortium there. And he was talking about Israel and 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 the, and the Palestinian areas legally cause.
4: designated by the Israeli government and co-signed by the Palestinian.
1: And he's a he's a CNN contributor. And what was confusing about the whole thing was that he was doing this to begin with, and, and I wasn't quite sure why he was there. But he's been on the record as being kind of like pro-Palestine, pro and anti-Israel. So I'm sure they invited him there. But listen to what happens when he decides that he's going to. Um, to grab some water here. Let me, let me cue it up, and you'll listen to him real quickly here. Watch this. So he, so he goes to grab some water. Well-known
4: and have been well-documented by every credible human rights organization in the world. Rather, I would like to speak to you about the urgency of the current moment. Forgive my thirst. I, I literally just got off of a flight from Palestine to come to address you this morning. Uh, and I was boycotting the Israeli water, so I was unable to. Uh...
1: So anyway, first of all, there's, I don't know where the, where a flight from Palestine originates or what because there's no such thing as a flight from Palestine, and of course the boycotting Israeli water, all that kind of stuff. And then he goes on to use terminology like from the river to the sea that some of the people who want to erase Israel use, that kind of phrase, whatever. Anyway. If Mark Lamont Hill worked for Coca-Cola, as I pointed out earlier, I could see how Coca-Cola would fire him because, because Mark Lamont Hill, a salesman for Coca-Cola, you're saying you're anti-Israel, you're using phrases that terrorists use, and you're doing all this kind of stuff. That's not appropriate to the Coca-Cola brand where we are worldwide, we sell Coca-Cola in Israel, and you're hurting the rest of the company because if you a downturn in sales affects everybody else and you're not a good rep for Coca-Cola but he's a contributor to CNN which could pick up the phone the minute he lands back in New York and say hey would you like to come on the Anderson Cooper's show he wants to debate you about and take you on about your comments you made to this UN group and and if he said no then they'd fire him because he's a, he's a contracted contributor to CNN. So that would be a grounds divide. If you're not fulfilling your contract, then you get rid of somebody. But this, isn't, this is CNN that is an outfit that is on the air to discuss things and debate things. They have nine-member panels on any other freak-out issue you'd want to bring on. and And he is on TV. So why wouldn't you just bring him on and debate him about what he said instead of turn around and fire him. And what I pointed out earlier is, uh, there I saw newsbusters, which is a conservative outlet, right, celebrating his firing, saying, finally, Mark Lamont Hill is fired. I'm thinking to myself, how could you possibly defend that point of view, that you're glad Mark Lamont Hill is fired, and it's only because you disagree with what he has to say? Now, hackery... Is all over the place out there. Conservatives, hackery, you know, Chris Steyerwalt's a hack, for instance, on Fox News. Uh, CNN is full of them. Jeffrey Tubin is a hack. But that doesn't mean that they should be fired.
7: How conservative of you to defend that, right? Yeah. What the way I took that is it's like, oh. Can't let him be letting that cat out of the bag, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's how I see it. Yeah, yeah. Is that they're like, okay, no, 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 no. Nobody here says anything, things like that. Not us. No way, no how. Right, right. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Is is they're 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 kicking kitty litter over it. But that's who they are. Yeah. And well, they're, they're they, now they they have plausible deniability, but that's who they are. And there are more and more people like that. Only you want me to speak. I was thinking about uh, Kevin Jackson. Again, why would you fire him? Kevin Jackson is is tough. He, he can get in the ring with anybody. He's articulate. He's quick-witted like like uh, Giles, uh, like you. Uh, and, and they don't have a lot of, of black guys there that will get in and throw a punch like that. I don't even, and he's my personal friend. You would think I would remember. I don't even remember what it was he said now. He, he, said some, he, he
1: said something. He said something like about uh, like some being hags or floozies or something. I don't yeah, know. I don't even remember. But it, but it doesn't matter. It was so
7: nothing, right? And what they did is they deep six somebody that really brought a lot to the table,
1: right? Well, because it, because it was because a, they're a, chickens. They, they, yeah, they, they they it was a guilty conscience is what it was, and 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 the same thing with CNN, and again. I disagree with everything Mark Lamont Hill says. But until we stand up, conservatives, liberals, everybody else, and say it's wrong for these cowardly corporatists to simply dump people off without any accountability. And I realize that they have every right to do whatever they want to do. It's their company. They can do whatever they want to do. But the the worst part is if we're conservatives, and because Mark Lamont Hill is a left-wing hack, we're glad he's fired. That's not – that's not an adequate position to take, nor is it a a position that encourages freedom and All that happens is it encourages more of it and the next time it's going to be a conservative commentator that's fired for something don't I saw let them that-
7: hide it that would be my thing. don't let them hide it if I own Fox or if I have my own station i'd hire him and put it all out there and always it would be former c n n contributor yeah c n n contributor c n n contributor and let him say it. I, Put it out there. Well,
1: the, and the, Don't and the hide problem is by that firing him. Yeah, and and the problem is now is is you have a situation where uh, other people. We had in, in in on Fox News the other day. It became a big deal because some woman who's a commentator, by the way, okay. Some woman decides she's being interviewed, and she says that Hillary Clinton's like herpes. She keeps coming back. Well, they shut her down. They got rid of her. They they apologized on the air about it. This is over at Fox News. And it's kind of like, um, okay, I get it. Maybe maybe that – but but instead, why don't you debate it instead of always apologizing? And we're seeing this happen time and time again. And because I've been in Mark Lamont Hill's situation, although – um, it was clearly only the Anti-Defamation League that mattered to CNN at this point because uh, another liberal organization that will call anybody anti-Semitic. And, and so uh, apparently they they um, thought that that was the intolerable part of it. But I don't see any liberals coming to his defense, much like I didn't see any conservatives coming to mind, at least the ones I worked with or that, that, that had a voice coming to my defense. I mean, obviously you were out there and, and other people were out there but i mean hell even kevin jackson didn't come to my defense publicly so uh, and i i put him on the radio but I, but all i'm saying is that that ultimately if we keep on uh driving by burning wreckage without stopping and trying to pull people out of it we're going to wind up being in the same situation someday in the burning car and all the cars passing us we've we've got to put an end to it at some point and stand up to it even if we don't agree with the people who are being fired, uh even if we don't like I didn't think Roseanne should have been fired. Does that make <laughs> now me now they
7: a, agree with th- you? <laughs> does that make me a
1: racist or a this or that? No. I just believe there are better ways to fight language or statements or points of view look that you, you don't right like.
7: Now. Look at you right now. Right. It's not that those voices will be silenced. It's that there is a shift happening and look at you. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't silence you. You turned right around and now you're just growing.
1: Exactly. Whether
7: I watch replays or not. <laughs> you exactly. you are growing and that's what's happening. So they push people like you out and you're like, "Okay, fine. Yeah. I'm going to take my people and I'm going to go." Right. And and we're going to grow this thing.
1: Well, and and that's why, you know, uh, unfortunately what's going to happen is we're we're going to be we're going to be back. With Radio Free Almond 2.0 in January, and what's going to happen here is it's going to be a completely different story. And I'm making a run at these people, but but again, do I? Am I afraid that I'm going to cut into 97? I don't one? want to...
7: your money for cannabis. I want you to use they... it for freedom. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. I know you're not busted. They, they... I've seen your pool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but they they were they were. What I'm saying is they the these people. I don't. Here's the deal. I don't owe anybody anything because when it came time for me to crash and burn i had no help whatsoever out there from the people who i was working with nobody or not one person hell roy blunt won't even call me back so and i helped his ass get reelected so i'm just saying you know who your friends are but i don't but i don't but again bitterness is not what i do what i do best is succeed let me let me uh let me call. I got to call Eric DePooty. He's got a big thing going on this weekend. Hang on a second here. Give him a call. You know they're opening up that uh, Champion Sports thing. Hold on a second here. There we is. There he is. Hey Eric. Eric's listen. Do you know Eric DePooty? I don't. Do you have any afflictions, any problems at all? I realize you're perfect, but do you have any
7: <laughs> any any problems whatsoever? You know what? I really I don't I don't stretch like I should. I yeah. need I need a wellness regimen of. Of supplements, oh, basic movement. Well, I can get I can get you the
1: supplements. Nutrition HQ, nhq.rocks, and I can get you all the stretching. Do you have a regime. code for me too? Uh, just say Jamie. Jamie sent, sent me. me. Right I, on. Exactly. There you go. I should have a code, shouldn't I? Though you should nhq.rocks. But but uh, Dr. Deputi, I have I have recommended many a person to Dr. Deputi, and they're like amazing. And Deputi, he's a doctor, so you never can use the word cure but i but i i was but he cured me but doctors, Hello, good, good morning good morning this morning dr napooti eric dot Niputi, com. i was just talking about your brother i said i said i normally say and you're on with uh, kim paris by the way too
7: brother good morning well hey
5: well good morning this morning to both of you
1: i'm sending her to your uh, one of your offices we'll chesterfield find wrong. but but i will tell you uh and eric is a doctor so these guys have a certain kind of uh uh, ethos that they they keep too. So I they, they'll never use the word cure, but I will tell you that when I went to Doctor Eric, I one time had like this science thing that was bothering me and stomach issues and all that kind of thing, and all he did was look at my spinal cord right through 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 their little thing, the machine they use, and he was able to say, well, that's why because this is right there and that's right there, and oftentimes if you actually went in there and and Tried to trick him, like, and, and you tell me what's wrong with me, he'd be able, just by looking at your spinal cord, to tell you what's up. That's what up. I'm
7: saying. I'm sure we'll find something the way yeah. I sit at my desk, the way <laughs> I don't move like I should. Right on. I know. I, I, I know. It is, it's, it's all there. And you know, I'm anti I'm drugs. Oh, I mean, well, Joyce and Mike Spezia, he's a, a doctor of osteopathy, and I love that because, you know, they're open to. Other therapies, and they're just not throwing chemicals at. Then you're
1: him. with the you, you're absolutely with the right man. If even if you want CBD oil or whatever it is, he's got all that stuff. Uh, non-opioid drips. Mm-hmm. I mean, you name it, Doctor DePuty has it. But I've never I've never met a happier warrior than this guy, though. Who has been, by the way, one of uh, my biggest supporters. This is Doctor DePuty who, and we have to, we have a little time here, right, buddy? Yeah, man, okay. I'm good. Okay, uh, this is a Doctor DePuty who. Um, I'll tell you the story just really briefly because I want to get into what he's actually doing uh, this weekend, which is a big deal. It's another thing he's involved in because you can't stop this guy. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> we, at one when we were going through all this stuff that was going on and and, 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 and the mob was, was attacking and the Stacey Newman mob was out there, she and her slow stepson, Drew, were out there uh, with their Twitter wars and everything else, uh, when... When, he, when when it started and there was controversy and they were going after him, they were, they were trying to shut down his, his, uh, his website, they were threatening him and his financials and everything else. And then uh, on top of that, he was fighting them and he, and, and he told them, you better leave me alone or I'm coming after you. He also told one if you fire him, we are gone. And, and the and these are people who spend uh, I don't know what do you spend it was like seven eight thousand dollars a month okay in advertising yeah, it was hundreds
5: of thousands a year yeah you know I mean it was it yeah.
1: was unbelievable and, and he had his own show there very successful show there uh, wellness matters and 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 he told them he said if you fire him I'm leaving and 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 awesome. and, and he was the one person who actually gave them a little bit of pause when they had their little meetings and everything else uh because they were like and that was when Becky who was the general manager over there said if you guys fire him it's going to we're never going to recover financially and mm-hmm. actually they haven't they they they've been giving away advertising to to survive over there but but um they, they just to pretend that they actually have people over there still advertising so they so they um they went ahead and did it and it and and what was it like 6 hours later the letter was sent from Naputi and and Ryan that they were done they were finished and and left
7: How completely exciting yeah i mean <laughs> it, exciting
1: i mean it was it was i love a, hearing about that it was a big deal and these guys were were my saviors and, and in fact then then of course Ryan uh Jaycox who is who is Eric's marketing guy and friend and everything else uh, they both uh pulled out all the stops to help build up this uh this operation we had the website up we had the studio studio taking next care year
7: of. is going to be a big year for you yeah and
1: and so all that. Oh, yeah. but i would never would have been able to do it without eric and ryan uh but naputi had balls of steel i mean he was out there and 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 he he delivered he told them i'm leaving and he did so, I just want to thank you. I I've, I I've, I can't thank you enough for what you've done. But but if anybody is worthy of uh and how of thrilling. your support. spine.
7: That's oh, why man. we like this president. Yeah. Spine. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Right on.
7: <laughs> you know, do so, what you you saying. Well, say Jamie, let me
5: just and... tell you, man, I'm I'm humbled, you know, by by your kind words and and I'll tell you listen, man, I learned a long time ago from my parents that if you if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything and and uh loyalty is a big thing for me standing up for what's right is a big thing to me doing what's right by myself you know by my family by my patients by our community that's what's right and what we did was the right thing to do and it still is and uh it's turning into uh bigger and better things for all of us which is exactly what uh you know what we wanted and and it's just a blessing to be a part of it and and jamie you know you're you know i've been listening to the show this morning with you between radio interviews myself and I mean, you're, you're doing a great job. There's nothing, there's no other product like yours that's out there. You know, your, your common sense approach and your just real approach to life and what's going on, people appreciate that. And, and you know what? There's a, there's a desire for it. People want it and we just got to get louder. That's all there is to it. And everybody needs to stand up for what's right and, and the conservative uh, voice needs to be heard. And, and we, um, you know, I believe this whole, you know thing that happened with the Newmans and all this other political correct b s that I don't play at all. It all happened because you know guys like you and me and and cam and everybody else listening we're just doing what we're supposed to do, helping other people, living our life, not bothering anybody else and and we need to make sure that we stand up for that, so and you're doing a great job with it and and I'm just humbled to be a part of it, and, and I appreciate you, brother. Well, so, cheers. all thank, good.
1: Thank you, man. I mean, I, honestly, I'm I, I am so indebted to you, and, and 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 humbled by your support. And it's been it's been great. And so, speaking of bigger and better things, you know, uh, what we did was we we just are creating a brand new outlet, and and people are taking advantage of it. and Everything else, and you continue to expand too. So, what's going on tomorrow? I guess there's a sneak peek today, but, but what's going on tomorrow? And this is also a chance if you want to stop by and check it out. Uh, what is it, from 10 to 6 tomorrow?
5: Yeah, so from 10 to 6, we're down in I'm, – I'm literally in the facility right now. So if you hear construction going on in the background, I apologize. But we've got a 36,000-square-foot sports enhancement facility that we have created down here in the Fitton Industrial Park. It's 1550 Yellow drive. And it's um, it's called champions village. And it is like nothing else that has ever been in St. Louis. In fact, it's kind of like nothing else. That's really around the country. We've got an um, indoor sports enhancement facility, indoor training for baseball, softball, football, volleyball, track and field, whatever. We got the whole nine yards going on, but we really kicked it up a notch. We put in, I put in an Apudi wellness sports enhancement center, which has some of the coolest sports science gear, uh, that we can test and measure people's vitamins and nutrients, and we can measure their brain activity and their, their, their spinal function and their joints. And we've, got, we've already got uh, a collegiate and professional athletes that are committed to coming here and, and working with us. And, Jamie, you know my background. I work with a, a ton of NFL guys, MLB guys, Olympic athletes, You know, you name it. I've done it. And we've brought that model that I've used to work on professional athletes to this Fenton location to work on everybody, whether you're a corporate athlete, whether you're a weekend warrior softball player, whether you're a nine-year-old, 10, 12-year-old young man, young girl that wants to be the best athlete you can be, whether you want to have your kids prevent injuries or you know help raise good athletes or raise good people, we've created a model here that is like nothing else. And I'll tell you, tomorrow between 10 and 6, um, we're going to have a grand opening here and it's open to the community. We've got all kinds of free, cool stuff giveaway. You know, we live in Missouri. It's the show me state. And I promise you, you need to come see this thing. Let us show it to you because if you've never seen this, you've never seen anything like this. Trust me. So yeah. we're excited. We've got uh, we've got over 30 teams that have committed to, to using this facility as their training facility coming into our practice in this location to be assessed, to, to find out how they can, you know, be a, a peak performance athlete, how they can prevent injuries, and, and really just take their life and their game to the next level. So uh, I couldn't be more excited about it. It's a labor of love, and it's something I've been working on now for, gosh, over a decade, and we finally got this thing to pop here in Fenton, and, and it's man, it's going to be awesome.
1: Man, that sounds so cool, especially it's perfect for St. Louis because St. Louis is amazing in uh, its – Youth sports activities. It doesn't matter whether it's football, baseball, soccer, or whatever else. And it it is a mecca for a lot of youth sports. And I know you're dealing with uh, adult sports as well. But I'm. But for anybody who has concerns, because nowadays, you know, there's so many concerns about injuries. There's so many concerns about the concussions in football
7: or That's soccer, what, what have stuck you. out to me.
1: Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so and so uh, and, and there's no real way for a lot of people to to figure out how to. Prevent it. Uh, there, there are people who go to a doctor once something happens, right. but there's no way to condition people to or, or to even to, to get to the point where they can prevent the injuries, or to treat people or deal with people uh, who are, have them, or just to, or preventative medicine like that. And so, dude, that's I mean, that's amazing. So you're gonna have like, um, I mean, I, I would imagine like the Cardinal baseball team and everybody they're gonna be all up on this too yeah so huh?
5: so i already take care of, i take care of a lot of the, the cardinals athletes already and we've got a couple of them we've got a couple of them um uh, jim and and megan Edmonds are going to come out this morning and and do a little promo thing with us out here we've got a uh we've got a really cool um uh, promo tomorrow going on when people are coming in just to see the facility but we've got in-house on-site indoor home run uh Uh, cages in here we're having a home run derby for adults and for kids tomorrow and we're going to get some of the MLB players to to hopefully jump in and 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 play a little bit with them and that'll be fun but but you know Jamie it's not just about you know athletes it's about really having a happier healthier life you know what I mean and I was just reading yesterday you know 71,000 people have died this year from opioid overdoses and most of those people get on those opioids because of chronic pain because the doctors don't problem and so they throw a pill at them, and the next thing you know they get addicted and then they die and that's just not okay and a lot of these problems that adults have started and stemmed from when they were younger because no one ever helped them fix their problems you know having chronic problems is like having a having a cavity in your teeth it didn't just happen overnight it took months years or decades to develop and we've developed protocols of baseline testing so we all these kids that come through here we're going to have a baseline on how their brain functions, so if they have a head injury or concussion, we'll know if they're really damaged or not, wow. and then we'll know when they're better because they're back to where their baseline was wow. and, and the the functional testing that we do with nutritional stuff, whether it's you know a urine test to look at vitamins, a blood test to look at hormones or a combination of everything it's truly allowing people to play sports you know really moderate their injuries because we're never going to get rid of injuries hundred percent i mean that's life you know my son injured himself the other day playing dodgeball at school you know i mean people get hurt but i'll get him back on the field in two weeks where it would normally take somebody you know two months so it's it's all about knowing what the baseline is of, of, of these kids and by the way for their adult parents i mean we have we have so many adults that are dropping their kids off to come here and The kids are going to their baseball practice or their hitting lessons or their pitching lessons or whatever, and then the adults come in. They get their adjustment. We have a 4,000-square-foot gym in here that people are working out in as well. I mean, this is really an amazing facility, and it's something that that St. Louis doesn't have. And like I said, it's the show-me state. So tomorrow from uh, 10 a.m. until 6 p.m., we're going to be here. It's uh, 1550 Osceola Drive in Benton back in the uh, uh, industrial park back there in Fenton. You can go to Champions Village, and that's Champions Village. Go to the uh, website or go on the Facebook page of it, or you can go to com. We're all over the place, and, and this thing is just huge, man. So I really encourage all your listeners to come out and check it out. It's going to be a blast.
1: Great. I'm going to bring the kids by tomorrow. And, and yeah, go on the Facebook page and like the Facebook page as well. They've got all kinds of stuff up there uh, for you as well. So 10 to 6. And if anything, people, go by there, uh, check it out. And and if you want to personally thank uh, Dr. DePuty, Eric, for his support of Radio Free Almond and beyond, uh, do that too. Because make sure you shake his hand and, and tell him thank you on behalf of all of us. And, and, Buddy, I'm really really proud to know you, proud to be your friend, and really happy for you, most of all, that you're obviously doing what you love, uh, and, and that's been such a big motivator uh, for what you do. You, you love the, the faces of the people you help, uh, and, and you love the happy faces of the people you help. I've, I'm never, I've, been, I've gone down to Niputi Wellness before, and there are, like, entire families down there. So one person might have a situation where they're dealing with migraines. Another person might be a, a 10-year-old with ADD issues or ADHD issues, and, and and they're all kind of being helped at the same time. I, there was one guy who I love this story about a guy who was suffering from PTSD. This is a guy who would never, hardly ever leave his house uh, because he just, it just was, he couldn't be around people. Well... Uh, you can't be at Naputi Wellness and and not like being around people. And here this you guy, can. yeah. And here this guy. And it's not crowded. It's just there's just a lot. You know, it's just a, it's a it's a nice, vibrant atmosphere. And yeah, and, and yeah. so and so he, uh, this guy, wound up actually being loving coming to Naputi Wellness after what Eric did for him regarding PTSD and brainwave therapy and all that kind of stuff. And now this guy is as outgoing and can be in a crowd and do whatever. Uh, and that's the kind of joyful kind of, uh, medicine Wonderful. that, that, uh, Dr. DePuti involved in. So I love it, buddy. Approach,
7: yeah. Oh yeah. Approach the entire person. And absolutely. And, uh, hey, yeah. Dr. Eric, when you see Megan Edmonds, would you please tell her that we miss her on Real Housewives of about, <laughs> or Orange County?
5: I will definitely tell her that she is now a, uh, uh, I always say that it, what was the name of the show? It, it wasn't Desperate Housewives. It was Housewives, Real, Real of, Orange Housewives of Orange County. Of Orange County. County yeah. yeah. Yeah, now she's a housewife of St. Louis County. So uh, (laughs) uh, her and my wife hang out and talk about all their desperate housewives of White County issues (laughs) or West County issues that's going on. So it's all good. Yeah. And uh, I'll definitely tell her you said hello and you miss her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're a great couple, man. And, and, uh, yeah, and they really and, are. You and Jody are too, and, and just a uh, uh, great family. So uh, we'll see you tomorrow, Dr. Naputi, and uh, check it out, Champions Village on Facebook and com. All the details are there, but it's uh, 10 to 6 there at Champions Village in in Fenton. So thanks a ton, brother. Good talking to you, and I'll see you tomorrow.
5: Hey, appreciate you. Take care,
1: guys. Okay, man, Bye-bye. me too. Yeah, so he's, I mean, that's...
7: Yeah, how exciting! You know, I think maybe I should go because I feel good, but I don't know how much better I could feel. You don't know? I, I'm, I'm sure.
1: Did yeah? You never know. I need.
7: To, I know that I told you I need to move. I need to have a profile, see what I'm missing. I'm not sure I want my brain hooked up to anything. We probably don't want to go there, but um, yeah, yeah.
1: I need a. I need a. I need some kind of uh, sleep therapy that that I need to. That's what I need to go through is some something like that. You know,
7: I need you to figure trouble out trouble sleeping.
1: I do. I, I have. I. I don't, I don't. I don't necessarily have trouble sleeping. Of late, I've had a lot of trouble sleeping. But but I, I don't. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm. I'm tired for some reason, sometimes quite a bit. I don't know why, but, be, but, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm worn down on. from some of this stuff. But, you have a yeah. lot
7: going on. And even parts of your brain as you're figuring this all out and you've got this plan and you've got that moving at this stage, you've got this at that stage. I mean, that's all yeah. taking up bandwidth and it sucks energy. I did and try
1: this. I did get the, the CBD oil from Ricky.
7: How do you like it?
1: I, I do. I like it a lot. I can't really tell. I'm not taking it as regular as I probably should then. I guess the key is taking it more on a regular basis as opposed to just mm-hmm. every once in a while,
7: people swear by it,
1: yeah, I mean, I did try I did try that, so i'm i'm I am i do not know i'm 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 just trying to figure stuff out it just,
7: now. it's just it's just this stage you just need to do you move enough,
1: oh yeah, I work out every day,
7: oh do you Okay. Yeah. well, I'm sorry, I should be able to tell no, no you should no, I'm not saying i'm
1: not saying'm not saying that
7: but I uh, mean you're not like me look at i i i fine. work, I work and reside there. in the bar and restaurant end of the street and wear pajamas to work. That's why I look like I do. I know I don't move enough.
1: No, I'll run, I'll do the bike, I'll steam, I do all that every day. (laughs) So maybe that's my problem. I'm doing it every day. You, maybe you're
7: wearing yourself <laughs> I mean, out.
1: Yeah, I'm, I, think I'm, I'm, I think I am.
7: But you're also actually
1: wearing off. myself out.
7: <laughs> you're, letting, you're letting off a lot of steam with that, too, though. So it's all good. You're, I mean, half know, the
1: time, I don't know how many times. This has
7: been an insane year for you.
1: Yeah. Well, it has I mean, no wonder been, at yeah. the
7: end of this year, you're feeling a little tired.
1: Half the time, you know, it, it'll be interesting because, you know, it's late and I, I've got getting the show ready and. I got you know some of it done, and uh, and then I uh, pour a couple of fingers of uh, of whiskey, and half the time I don't even drink it. I'm like I wake up and there's my whiskey I'm sitting there, wake it up on the on the, on the in a, in and then a you drink chair. it maybe.
7: Not. <laughs> no,
6: <laughs> but
1: I'm like I, I, I don't even get it. I, I pour stuff. myself a glass of whiskey to kind of relax. and I'm already out, so yeah, that's where I'm getting
7: watered to. down whiskey. So I'm wasting it over the rocks. Yeah, uh,
1: the, the worst part is I'm wasting whiskey
7: is terrible. Next year is going to be a really, really great year. Yeah,
1: definitely. Was. And I'm, I'm yeah.
7: really excited for you. I don't even know what's Thank going you. to happen. You just tell me. You go, oh, it's going to be really great.
1: I'll, yeah. And I'll, maybe I'll make some money off cannabis. Who knows?
7: Dude, I only meant. I didn't know what to say. You took me up. I, you know what I was thinking when you said that. You're like, I want to invest, and I immediately, the nice Midwestern girl's like, No, 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 no. I'm not bringing this up to hit you up for money. That's oh, no, I why I know. I know, said I know that's that. what you meant. I didn't know what to say. No, you. No, I
1: know, I know. I knew that exactly what that's what you meant. That you were meaning that I wasn't. Uh, that 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 you didn't. Yeah, you were. You didn't. You didn't want to come across as uh, as asking for investors. Necessarily.
7: and i don't know like asking
1: me for hitting me up for money
7: you don't when you don't have enough i've seen your pool no i meant you don't have enough for me and you what you're doing all these really great plans and three small and three kids in private school actually i meant that too <laughs> yeah
1: that all that yeah oh i know i know i know <laughs>
7: yeah no, but it's always, there's always there's <laughs> always
1: there's always room for more that's all i'm saying kids no room for more no. <laughs> room for well there's there are there is room for work i guess there's room but, but no, i'm what I'm saying is there's always room for more uh um you know yes uh expansions and
7: investments like it's, yes. like, it's
1: like and look, look how great this is it's nine fifteen I've been on fifteen long <laughs> minutes longer than normal and uh and who cares right <laughs> who cares i am
7: i am very very excited for you so. I'm excited uh, for you too. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, boy, I tell you, things are changing fast, and it's funny because when uh, Sessions resigned, yeah, oh boy, the buzz in the industry—they were so happy, happy day, and and that it makes me laugh because. They don't follow politics, obviously, like we do. And it's like, I know that he was perceived as a big threat to the industry. But if anybody thinks that that Jeff Sessions tells President Trump what to do, right. they're not following what's happening. Well, and, and, you know, Nobody tells the president what to do.
1: And I honestly, like. um, we go right back to this. And, and again, I got I to gotta go. But we go right back to this, Kim. And what a shame it was that Jeff Sessions recused himself and started – this whole process with Mueller and everything else. It was the worst. I keep worst. hoping
7: there was a secret plan. I want to believe Q. Oh. I want to believe Q.
1: And, and you know what? In the end, I don't think there was. I think that Sessions was just an idiot. And and in fact, it was, I talked to Carafano about this. She realized that, that uh, Jeff Sessions, the thing that he recused himself over was uh, two things. One, a visit to his office as a senator, which was not unusual right. at all. And the second was an event at the Heritage Foundation that actually was was partly organized by Jim Carafano for the Obama State Department. And it was basically a receiving line. Right. Where he shook the hand of some Russian guy. See,
7: guys. that's the thing. It just doesn't make sense. And he has such a high rating. I know. Previous I, being a great, consistent conservative, I can't imagine him even being an exciting enough person they could blackmail him. I want to know what they have on well, Justice Roberts, though. Oh, that I know. through Obamacare, you know they got something on him.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, that, that's interesting. But that is interesting. So I would not erase the idea that there was still some other method to this madness.
7: It that, doesn't that the Q add told up. you about,
1: but I, so I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying that. It, no, no, actually, it doesn't add up. You're right. On its face, it doesn't uh-uh. add up. So, to that end, uh, yes, absolutely, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense because it's so stupid that he recused himself. You're like, wow, how did you manage that? It's a, so, and that's and that's why we're here, where we are. Anyway, Kim Paris. Thank check her out on Facebook. Also, Apache ApacheBlaze.com. com. <laughs> dot com. Great site, by the way. Hit us on Instagram.
7: Thank
1: you. Oh, on Instagram let's let's run, as well. All right, thank you to, uh, well, Dr. Dabuti, DabutiWellness.com. Thank you also Let to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855 Me. Thank you to Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like doctor, ProctorDrapery.com. Thank you also to Santino Cigars and Cocktails, Vogel Road, Arnold, 84 different craft beers, 180-plus different kinds of don't liquors. They have your bottle there. And they be also have a be free be cigar in. for you. If you pop in and mention my name oh my or Radio Free Almond, whatever, you're going to get a free cigar. That's going to be awesome for you. Thank you to Ricky Hall and the veteran-owned Nutrition HQ at Manchester McKnight in Rock Hill, NHQ. NHQ. Rocks. Pre-workouts, proteins, fat burners and energy providers for men and women. Anything you need, check it out on the web at NHQ.rocks or go on in. It's right there at Manchester and McKnight. Thank you to Tracy Ellis, Rick and Tracy Ellis, TracyEllis.com. And thank you also to Discovery Design, Truck Care and Manufacturing, DDTruckUSA.com. Rick Poe, Jerry, the rest of the gang, thank you guys. And Kim Paris, thank you. ApacheBlaze.com is where it's all at. Or some of it's at. Because Kim Paris has a Facebook page, too. too. All right? Have a great rest of your day, everybody, and a happy weekend to you. Check out Champions Village tomorrow. I'm going to be hanging out there. I don't know what time, but make sure you go out there at least and thank Aaron for all of his help and all of his support. Uh, Radio Free Allman. Have a good one.